we can say welcome to handle with scare uh uh ghouls and goblins or what does he say <laughs> ladies and ghouls <laughs> And on today's show, uh, we're talking about uh, Maxima Overdrive. And do you remember the name of the phobia, John? I don't. Wait, I think I do have it here in front of me. It's uh, look it up, John. <laughs> it's fear of cars. I oh, I shoot. Yeah. And with us today, we've got Zombie Grindhouse. Hi, Zombie. Howdy, howdy, guys. How's it going? Pretty good. And of course, John and myself, Holly Hooch. Uh, Totally drunk is not with us today. He had an emergency, but he is okay, and he might even join us later in the show. So that's exciting. So we're either looking at amaxophobia or vehophobia. Is it vehophobia? Yeah. Amaxophobia. I also have motorphobia. <laughs> that seems a little. That's a little too easy. Motorphobia. Motorphobia. They're not even trying. Yeah. Vroom vroom. Come on, letting it up a little bit. It's a maxophobia, so I think, is a maxophobia. The new phobia for the month. Right. And this is a very Which, first one for the month. Excuse me? Oh, and we did talk about, uh, we did mention it at the end of the last podcast. Yes. That we would be doing, that we would be doing Maximum Overdrive. And the, uh, the great movies that we have lined up for this month, starting with Maximum Overdrive, followed by... Um, Unhinged is in there. Uh -huh. Christine is in there. And Duel. And Duel. There we go. Yep. Now, Duel yep. was my pick because you guys took all the good ones. And I've never actually seen it, so I'm excited to uh, for us to get to Duel. But for today, we've got Maximum Overdrive, which, you know, I hadn't watched in many years, like over a decade. And um, I'd forgotten how fun that movie is. Like, it's such a fucking good time. Now, Grindhouse, this is one of your favorites, correct? It is one of my favorites. Yeah, it was my um, indoctrination movie for the nightclub. This was the movie we talked about on the night that I was um, sacrificed, I guess, to the coven on that thing. The day you gave up your virginity. Yes. Yep. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I have loved this movie since I was a kid. I, I talk about maybe not so much on here, but I've talked about my stack of ten when I was a kid, where you go and get ten videotapes for ten bucks at the video store. This that's where I first saw this was in my stack of 10. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's so great. I mean, it, you know, it, I always say, is, is it going to win the Academy Awards? Probably not. Um, but it is so fantastic. And there are so many little things about this movie um, that just make it so fantastic. Um, I actually have, if you can believe this, um, I have notes on this movie and I have, a ridiculous amount of notes. Um, let's see. So just, I have the movie up in front of me too, so I can kind of scan through as we go to kind of remind, you know, as we start at the beginning and move through. The yeah. Yeah. Well, and there are so many things about this movie that are so great. I mean, the, all the little things that Stephen King did, like, um, like getting on a motorcycle and driving down from Maine to North Carolina and purposely, like riding up against big rigs, you know, so he'd get like the sound in the feel. So, I mean, no, granted, he was probably also drunk and high on cocaine at the time because that was just his deal back yeah, then. Yeah, I heard this was a cocaine um, movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen King literally calls it a cocaine field nightmare and he's basically disowned it. He doesn't want to even, you know, and the, the trailer for it is so beautiful because, you know, he talks about, um, you know, he gives that, hi, 
I'm Stephen King. And then he just goes through the whole thing. And he's like, finally, he's like, I figured if you wanted something done right, you should just do it yourself. And it's like, oh, but did you, pal? Did you? <laughs> I, um, Are you sure? Exactly. Yeah. But it's so, well, and this movie is so funny too, because um, I think you guys know of my love for Terrifier 2. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of been established mm -hmm. now. When I saw Terrifier 2 in the theater, Maximum Overdrive was one of the previews. And it made no sense at all. Like I thought I was on a different planet or a different time or something like that. It was like, what is, what's going on? You know, cause it did the whole thing. And it's like this movie, I mean, between the setting, between the characters, between this, the, the soundtrack, I, I can't call it a score. Cause it's, it's actually a soundtrack. Um, mm -hmm. There's so many things about it are so beautiful. And it's just, I, I think Holly just said it. It is so much damn fun to watch. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen this movie, honestly, go out, find it wherever you find your movies and watch just because – and grab a cocktail and get settled because it's a wild ride. But, oh, God, enjoy it. I watched it with Joey, my husband, and um, he doesn't like anything. Like, And he doesn't say that he doesn't like things. He just puts his phone in front of his face and like disengages from the movie-watching experience, which I find incredibly um, – sad <laughs> i'm like where'd you go uh but this one the phone was down he was engaged thought it was fun he was a chatterbox at one point i was like honey i can't hear what they're saying <laughs> but he was just so amped up and he and we both had such a really fun time there's a small criticism but i'm gonna save it until the end but for now like yes yeah. fun 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 <laughs> yeah no i saw this in the theater when it came out as a kid oh, shit. and wow enjoyed it uh, at the time, but I think I enjoyed it a lot less when I was a kid than now as an adult. I, I liked the movie a lot more on this viewing than on previous views. Agreed, because I was looking so much attention now. You know, back mm -hmm. really yeah, distracted. Exactly. Watching it more closely and everything, and and watching it in really high quality too, because I want you know, saw the like whatever Blu-ray version of it. Um, and just seeing it in nicer, higher quality makes it a better experience, too. Mm. And I think, like, the uh, uh, the movie has a really strong start. From the get-go, you're just really engaged, and you're already having a lot of fun. So it, it kicks off with that really hilarious Stephen King scene where he's at the ATM at the bank, and the bank is calling him, and the tell, or, I'm sorry, the ATM is calling him an asshole and telling him to go fuck off. <laughs> and he's, it's just him staring yeah. at a camera, like, real close. And he flips his glasses up and he's like, yeah. And it's just saying, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Which I would think, you know, it's funny because, you know, that's our first sign that, well, first it starts off with that quick blurb about the quote or the comment and we see the earth with a green cloud around I'm not going to lie. I kind of hate it when movies make you read and not and I'm not talking about subtitles. I'm like, ugh, and then if you don't read fast, when I was a kid, you don't read fast enough, and then it goes off screen, and you're only halfway there. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah, like, no. school. It's kind of unnecessary, yeah. too. I don't think you even really need it there. But uh, I was thinking on the sign, I, uh, you know, that's the first sign that something is go is weird, something's off. But I was thinking, you know, nowadays it reminds me of when people will hack into the road signs and change the yeah. messages. It's a fairly common thing now. And I was like, if you saw that today, you would just be like, oh, some scam, you know, hacked the sign and made it say fuck you. You wouldn't think it was yeah, like aliens. Machines, remember. 
with their galactic. Yeah, no, I think the first. Yeah, I was gonna say I think the first big one was somewhere on the East Coast when somebody hacked into a road sign and it said um, something to the effect of warning the zombies are attacking and like and like a whole community like freaked out went home and locked their doors and loaded their guns and were like let's just wait Mm -hmm. they're like oh nope sorry that was just you know somebody hacked our sign but that's i mean in a way it's kind of beautiful too that just like we still live in a place where it's like we have these little bits of information but maybe not so much today but even a few years ago people could screw with them like that I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I mm-hmm. I mean, I had that sign as a screensaver on my computer forever. <laughs> I just forever. It's just a little magic back in the attacking. world. I like that. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, definitely. definitely. You know, what's really funny, too. I uh, um, So I joined Twisted Tuesdays for the first time last night. And I, I've been planning to do it forever, but I, I just get distracted. But I finally did it last night. And um, I had it streaming. I had it uh, mirrored in my TV. And then when oh, the phone okay, went cool. to sleep, uh, the whole thing went blank, and I could hear the audio, but not, but not see the screen. So I had to turn it off, and then I had to like, you know, put up the movie uh, that I had actually gotten to watch because I didn't realize, you know, that I was going to be able to make it to Twisted Tuesdays. So I was behind like ten minutes. So I would <laughs> jokes, and I would like I would try to keep up with both things, and and I kept. That's why I wasn't so chatty last night because I I was ten minutes behind. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, no, and that and that that happens with the tech shit because it happens to me too. Um, but yeah, and the, the twisted Tuesday thing. I mean, for me, and I I drag as many friends as I can to it because for me it's it's a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Um, because, because the people on there, uh, they're really a good crowd. I mean, they really are a good crowd and they're fun and they're not, no one's taking anything too seriously. No, it's so much fun. Um, also I love, but it's also like a nice, (laughs) yeah. Oh yeah. How can you not love Jess? Yeah. You, you kind of have to, um, um, just remember Jess, if you're listening, you are the middle of my Oreo. Okay. What does that mean again? Um, I don't want to, I don't want to go into it. (laughs) It was a it was it was a joke that we made and now has been kind of come like almost a borderline thing. It's it's not quite the cat's asshole level, but it's 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 pretty. Now close. was she talking about um, the cat asshole? Because every time we do the show and your cat comes on and it shows us his asshole, and now yes. we're going to drink to yes, the is. asshole every time we see it. It, it. The cat's asshole is now a drinking game. Yes, <laughs> on on handle with scare. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? Why the hell not? <laughs> so life That's is short. short. Drink to a cat's asshole. Um, Damn Not right. from a cat's asshole because so that's j- how you get pink guy. No, th- that's um. <laughs> also, they can't consent. <laughs> oh, and speak of the devil. <laughs> Is it drinking time? <laughs> she knew we were talking about her. <laughs> the cat <laughs> she's got one in the in the chamber. Come on, kitty cat. <laughs> oh, she's so cute. She's right here. Hi. Oh yeah. She is adorable. So, yeah, I finally got to join Twisted Tuesday. So much fun. So I am planning on making it my, a regular Tuesday occurrence. I didn't stay up for Bulletproof because yeah. I was getting a little sleepy. And also, Joe gave up on the movies. Death. Death. Proof. Oh, sorry. Death. Proof. Death sorry. Proof. Uh, Joe gave up on, uh, on, the, on, the, <laughs> on, the, on the movie watching when uh, his buzz wore off. So, <laughs> yeah, drink. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that was the cat's asshole. Yep. Okay. And drink. No. And... Well, and they're just really, honestly, they're just really fun. I mean, and the thing is, I mean, I, I think it, and even T knows, it's like we all have lives. So it's like 
you pop in, you pop out, you, you make comments. It, it's not, it's not one of those things. Honestly, it's one of those things that if if you do it long enough, because I've been doing it for probably, man, maybe like eighteen months mm-hmm. now. I've been doing it, um, and if you if you miss two weeks, people are not like, oh, where the fuck were you? It's like, oh, but God, it's great to have you back. Yeah, it's not you know? homework. So it's, it's, it's fun. It, yeah, it's a great community. So, I mean, yeah, if if people have the opportunity, definitely join Twisted Tuesday. You can find it. You know, go into the into the Twisted Tuesday Discord. There's always um, posts about what's coming up and what the movies what are going to be for the month. Last and, night? Or that was used last night? We, I'm already kick. inviting myself. It was, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was called kick. kick. It's called Kick. So, so we were on cast for a while, and cast was having, um, I guess, a kind of a lot of problems. Um, and I... I guess I was kind of front and center for a lot of them, so it makes sense. Um, a kick was pretty flawless. I, I it it was a decent yeah. experience. So yeah, um, and I'm sure I'm sure he'll keep playing with it and make it as good as he can. Yeah. You know, so like you could tell it's a experimenting early early days for kick. I mean, there were uh, the functionalities that were there it were definitely, good, but then it, yeah. it didn't have a, a lot of like basic features that you would expect from an app like that. No, I think so too. Yeah, but that's kind of the evolution right. of things. So they'll, so they'll get there real soon, but it, of, was a, it was good quality, yeah. so it was enjoyable. That's the biggest thing too, is if the if the video and the audio sound yeah. good, you pretty much yeah. And my only issue was again, like I, I had it up on my TV from my phone because I oh, am I drinking again? And uh, and once the the phone fell asleep, am I gonna drink? Yeah, I'm drinking. Uh-oh. Yep. <laughs> I love how she's not shy about it either. She leaves it on screen for a minute. <laughs> I honestly think she has no idea. <laughs> I think she does. Thank you, Kat. <laughs> so anyway, like when, I was actually, saying, like, when my phone fell asleep, uh, uh, all of a sudden, well, of course it shut down. And when I woke it up again or when I you know, touched it again, um, the the audio came back, but the, 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 um, the video didn't. And so I was like, oh, shoot. But I, you know, of course I know, know what to do to make it work, but you know, just as a, an aside. Yeah. See, I do, I do most of this stuff on PC only because if I had to make my phone work, I'd probably end up breaking something because it would just piss me off. So I just, I just sit down in front of your PC and get a comfortable chair, get a beer, get a fuzzy cat and just Well, I gotta make the movie watching experience as comfortable as possible for Joe, or else he kind of, like, you know, gets bored. And that's a fair point. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Like, when we were making popcorn, and and I'm dimming the lights. (laughs) (laughs) No, and I I wish I could make... Yeah, I wish I could make that stuff work better. It's just not my wheelhouse. Now, it's definitely my missus's wheelhouse. She can make that stuff work better. But at the same time, it's like, this is like my mm-hmm. space. So for me, it's it's actually kind of fun when she comes down here and pulls up a chair yeah. and just kind of hangs out, you know? So, and she's, and she's definitely done that for um, a bunch of the Twisted Tuesdays. So she's not, you know, on a computer. She's just kind of watching. Well, I'm excited to make that know. my regular Tuesday thing. Cause again, you know, staying at home, watching a movie sounds like I'm saving a book. So. Yeah. And, and, and Jess will definitely appreciate that you're going to be her regular Yay! Tuesday thing. Trust mm-hmm. me. Yeah, she will appreciate it. All right, that. so let's get back to the movie. I kind of wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Twisted Tuesday so that people go check that shit out because it's so much oh, yes. fun. So yes. it's two movies starting at 7 p.m. Pacific time and uh, with a slight break in between. Uh, and generally... 7.30? Isn't it 7.30? Uh, 7.30. 7.30, isn't it? Oh, I thought, I'm sorry. Se- this is my first time. So it's you, I'm going to defer to you. 7.30, well, right? Yeah, so 
9.30 Central, I can tell you that because I always go, oh my God, it's 9.30. What am I still doing awake? But then I get on and then things are Perfect. fun. So yeah, okay. 9.30 Central and then whatever the, the time zones Perfect. are. And uh, yeah, usually this is the movies geography. will likely be one of the ones that are being reviewed and handled with scare. Generally the first one, not always. Sometimes sometimes T likes to screw with us and see if we can stay awake. <laughs> um, but yeah, generally speaking. Yep. That'll be good because uh, no, uh, Maximum Overdrive was $4. If you were paying a streaming service, oh, four dollars. I <laughs> boy, yeah, they should have that for yeah, I know they really should. Yeah, it almost it, it really almost should be, but I think it ultimately. I mean, if you if you get down to brass tacks, this movie is worth the four dollars. It really yeah. is. Emilio Estevez, come on. It's, and honestly, a lot of the actors oh, are really <laughs> solid. I mean, you got the voice of uh, Lisa Simpson, who's I forget her name all the time, but she's in everything. Yardley yeah. Smith, Yardley. She was great. I mean. Oh yes, I'm really annoying, but that was on purpose. Curtis, <laughs> are you dead? Oh God, don't she's you just make fantastic. me a widow yeah. today? Not on my wedding day. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, yeah. my favorite is when they put her in the hole and she just doesn't stop talking. And she's as she's walking oh, through yeah. the tunnel, don't, you can still hear. Her talking. You're yeah. like, For don't sake. drop me now. I'm very delicate now. Oh yeah, just her her one liners <laughs> in the whole movie are just her one liners are worth the entire Shut movie. Up! The, the, the entire movie. Hear you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is finale, the trucks are going to hear you. Mm. <laughs> okay, well, John, John's completely lost control here, so let's spin around. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Back to right. John. We're going back to the beginning. So we are, we are at the at the, the, the drawbridge. drawbridge. Still, oh. we have to talk about the drawbridge. It's, it's a great, awesome. like, I mean, you, you start off the movie with a nice joke, and then you go right into some mm -hmm. action, which, again, immediately grabs you. And I feel like a lot more movies should realize that we have short attention spans, and they should start that shit out like that. Joke, mm -hmm. lots of action. And, and lots of watermelons flying everywhere. Flying watermelons mm -hmm. of death. Yes, I love it. Oh, those are My great. favorite was the guy that, the had, that was in all white tennis, uh, tennis court or tennis yes. clothes. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, oh, those shorts. Oh, they're all white. Oh, the whole outfit is ruined. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And there was the uh, ACDC van as well. Oh, yes. Which that, was yeah. nice with the hippies uh, driving, which I don't know. I guess hippies like Everybody AC, likes ACDC. You know. I think everybody does. Yeah. And, and, and anyone says that they don't, they're, they're lying. So, or uninformed. Yep. <laughs> I'd go with that too. Yeah, definitely uninformed. But the whole scene, I mean, really the whole scene, it, it is such a good, um, because I mean, ultimately, if you look at this scene, it's sort of innocuous, right? It's not like terrible. There's not a lot of blood, whatever else. And, and to Holly's point, you start out with that joke where Stephen King's at the ATM and he's like, come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole. And it's, it's so immediately funny. And then they get you right into this. Wait a minute. But like a drawbridge thing, if you live anywhere near a piece of water, I like it's something you can appreciate. Like mm -hmm. the thing you always wonder about, like, am I going to be driving <laughs> across this thing and the bridge is going to go up and I don't know it? So that's super approachable and super like right in your zeitgeist. But then it happens and they just make so much fun of it. Like Again, the flying watermelons of death, the ACDC van, the big truck that's like stuck on top and the guy's just rowing through the gears and then <laughs> the rear end of the truck falls off and it's like. Oh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just awesome. And then getting back to the, um, the guys that are controlling the bridge and the guys are like, like, 
like the lights green, the crossbars never went down. And the guy, the one guy who's literally picking his nose and he's like, huh? The youngin? You know, just gives you that whole thing. The youngin, exactly. And then the first of what I think are our like hardcore, to me anyway, the hardcore like younger people versus older people scenes where they give you this like, grab you by the yeah. lapels and shake you. And he just gives you, a, and I'll, I'll do my best to quote this here. He's like, Shut up, you goddamn stupid asshole. Can't you see we've got a yeah. situation here? And then it's just like, then you hear that eh, 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 right at the end where the cars are still. I mean, it's such a great scene and such a great wrap up. And then boom, semi going down the highway. And it's just like, I mean, it does such a good job of just, again, the cocaine field nightmare that it was. It does such a good job of wrapping that up for you and just making you feel kind of happy. Like, yeah, I think I'm okay with what just happened there. Everything's fine. You know, I don't, I don't have a problem with any of that. Definitely. Yeah. Is that where they introduce the song once we, they, cause they, they, we see then the, uh, the, the truck, the famous, uh, go, hobgoblin or not hobgoblin, but, uh, what is it? It's literally the character from Spider-Man. The green goblin. That's the what it looks goblin. like. The green goblin. Yes. Yep. And you know, as a kid, uh, when I saw it in the theater, I instantly, recognized it as the green yeah green goblin and when i was watching it last night i was thinking so i guess it's just a head that happens to just kind of look a lot like the green goblin even with the purple hat and everything so i guess it's just sort of a coincidence and then when i was looking at the credits at the end of the movie they actually uh credit they say um, Green Goblin is the rights of Marvel Comics. Oh, I didn't catch that. Really? Okay. Yeah. And so okay. I think that made me realize that must be a literal Green Goblin head. Like, they didn't make it for the movie. They must have just got it somewhere and, and used it in the movie. Because, <laughs> you know, why? There's no reference to the Spider-Man character. No, but I mean, the truck was a toy truck, right? So you can have some sort of, yep. there's a, a, you know, a slight connection to maybe the uh, the owners of the truck. But that doesn't make sense because that's not how trucking works anyway. Basically what happened is maybe this man, <laughs> uh, the truck driver that owns this truck, like, you know, runs a lot of loads for, for this toy company. But then like out of like, you know, like the fan, his fanciful side, his whimsy, out of whimsy, he went ahead and he got this Green Goblin face like a fucking child, but it's still fun. <laughs> but still, just wanted to put that out there. I'm like, that's... Yeah, exactly. I mean, unless this one toy company has their own fleet of semi-trucks, but let's not poke holes at this story. <laughs> it's, easily the, it's the icon of the movie, you know? Yes. Whenever, oh, yes. I think if you of the movie. It's the face of evil. Of it's the Broadway. face of the evil that has infiltrated the machines. That and of course that little guy with the machine gun. Who's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. But it's yeah. Like, yeah, the truck is the that truck's the leader. At least, you know, everything else is a minion. Yeah, everything else is a minion to the leader. Yep, no, I completely agree with that. Everything else and I always thought it's funny you say that, John, because as a kid, I always thought, and as a kid, I was not like a Marvel. I I was not into that. Mm-hmm. So, it when you see that truck and it's coming down the side and it has that big Jack in the Box on it and it said, "Here comes another load of joy," I always thought that the the face on the front was like 
like the leader of the Jack in the Box people. <laughs> That's what I there always is a thought. Jack in the Box mm-hmm. in the car um, at some point. Yeah. On the side of the <laughs> truck, yeah. So it's like I kind of always thought that. But I mean, I, I, I think it's toy Jack in the Box in the in, I think in the cab inside inside the yeah. truck too that pops open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I always I always like equated it with that, and it wasn't until honestly. When I got on the nightclub and we started talking about it, I never put that Green Goblin thing together. I never, like, up until I was in my mid-40s, I was like, oh, oh, shit. And then to hear you say that it was credited, I'm like, okay, now it makes sense. But I never put all that together. I was just like, this is the king of the -the jack-in-the-box people, and they're coming to wreck your day. Similarly, I thought it was just uh, generic and not pointed, but um, I'm also glad to hear that. Oh. Well, I think it's supposed to be... No, okay. I think it's supposed no. to be a generic thing. You know, it's supposed to be the the, the yeah it, within the movie world. I, oh, there it is. Uh, mm. <laughs> it's supposed to be you know the symbol for the like the corporate symbol mm-hmm. for the toy company. But that's what I mean. Is I think they I think the people who made the movie probably found that as an existing thing and we're like oh let's use this yeah. you know because cool here's this perfect mm-hmm, thing that oh, we well exactly use. exactly yeah and truck. it's our evil truck yeah i mean oh. and to make a well to make a semi-evil though i mean what do you have to do to it i mean you've got to put a giant ass fiberglass goblin face on the front. i mean that's really what you have to do i mean if you don't look at semis for just the you know they're bigger, they're heavier, they're like, I mean, they almost kind of have an inherent evil to them just by their very existence. But like to point it out as like the leader mm-hmm. of the evil you can put a face. cars, airplanes, you put a whatever. Face yeah. On your opponent. Yes. On, the, yes, on your phone. Exactly. Yep. The yeah. The truck that doesn't have a face is uh, in the upcoming when we're going to watch the duel. That the semi in that, uh, movie looks evil like the way they <laughs> made it up but it, you know, it doesn't have yeah. a face though but it's a really well done kind of you can tell it's evil truck you know? nice but, but yeah so all right so we're uh, we're at the gas station at um dixie boy the gas station Tuck the stop. dixie boy yes which is where the rest of the movie which you know place. that's a pretty nice tr- uh truck stop they've got a game room which is fully equipped They've got a little diner. They've got your gas. Yep. They've got a little convenience store. They got showers. I mean, that's your your. Those are uh, th- these are elements of uh, any truck stops. But uh, I've been to some pretty nice ones. And even though this one was small, it was mighty. I thought I thought that dude, the the really horrible boss, did a really good job. <laughs> so so Holly, Holly's been to some really nice. Truck My dad's stops. a truck driver. At least he was before okay. he retired. <laughs> Okay, it. fair enough. Although, fair enough. Hey, sex work yeah. is work. Yeah. Oh no, I no, I wasn't going there. I was not. <laughs> sex work is work. <laughs> I don't. I don't disagree. But I was not going there for the record. <laughs> Just thought you were a road weary traveler. That's all. <laughs> not that you. Lot lizard was not. I'd be a game. horrible lot lizard anyway. You know, I'd be like fifty dollars kissing, hundred dollars hugging. End of list. <laughs> That's a pretty much joke. I still. Well, okay. <laughs> listen oh. to your problems for as long as you're guessing up. What else? And then what you do? And then what you oh. say? <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
So we have to come up with a term for uh, a, a woman who prowls um, truck stops to give people psychological advice. Okay. <laughs> That's what we have to do. That would not be a lot, Lizard. Lot no, cougar. Definitely no. not. Um, oh. <laughs> we'll get this by the end of the show. We'll get this by um, the end of the show. Anyway, so yeah, so we're at this truck stop, okay. and um, we we have our our, quint, our our quintessential like shitty boss who's like you know asshole smoking cigars, oh, yes. always sweaty. And this is all taking place in North Carolina, by the mm-hmm. way. And uh, and this boss is giving a lot of shit to his best employee, Emilio Estevez. Mm-hmm. Oh, Who- yes. Bubba, Bubba Hendershot. Yes. Oh, Pat Hengel. Wait, oh, did, did yes, he not have a exactly, name? Was, was yeah. he Billy? No. Yeah, he had a name. No, he was Billy. Yeah, no, I was talking about the boss, ah, Bubba Hendershot. That was played by that was played by that was yes. played by Pat Hengel, and Pat Hengel has been in so many great things. Um, probably my one of my favorite roles for him was The Quick and the Dead. I oh, yeah. when he was he was the, yeah, he oh, was the barkeep nice. that sort of kept track of all the duels. Yeah, I just I, I as an actor, I just love him. I just love him. I think he's really he underrated. Um, he's in a million movies, and so we yeah yeah. So that for, you're you continue oh, on that. I was going to segue. Oh, oh, uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, no, I was just gonna say that first, our our first kind of like character, like character that we meet, um, um, is out there gassing out the truck, and then the, the gas pump stops. And like a goddamn genius, he was like, you know what, this gun didn't fire, Ugh. I should look right down the barrel, and then boom, you know- yeah, yeah, and then that's when they. Give us the, the the Bubba Hender shot that first mm-hmm. like glimpse into the asshole boss guy, mm-hmm. and he's like he got diesel in his eyes. He's like, is that all? Flush his No, ass. that was a dumb move. But again, and it's, we, you know, it's a, it's a fun dumb yeah. movie, so you can't criticize somebody for looking down the barrel of a fucking gas hose. No, no. But it's just like, <laughs> oh my god. But then to your point, that's where we meet Billy, aka our hero. You know, and Bubba Hender shot is giving him the riot act and. Basically telling him that, you know, I need you to come here and work for nine hours, but right. only clock in for eight, you know, and gives him <laughs> the, well, you know what? Either your ass belongs to me or belongs yeah. to the state of North Carolina. And it's just like, and, then, uh, and then you find out, yeah, he tells some... him like, there's a star. He's like, there's, there's a star on your, on your, uh, your, your, what do you call those? Thank you. Your, your punch, card. Card. Your punch and then, card. And your punch that card. means that you're a felon. Yep. And so outside he goes and he sees that. He only hires felons, basically, even the lady. And yep. Um, yep. and some of them have multiple starts, which we were guessing were multiple strikes, right? So strike one, strike two. <clears throat> so that he can yep. take advantage of everybody on his staff, which is so fucking sad. Exactly. But of course, yep. that's, you yep. know, he's going to die later. So people, you're like, people he you can asshole. Abuse. But yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's right. Uh, it's always hard watching that because... <clears throat> this is just me, but if, if you look at things from, because I have to do this, so forgive me, but if you look at things from a business sense, it actually makes perfect sense. Um, but I also don't think that I could be that big of a dick about it either. Like, just abuse people for the sake of abusing people. Um, you know, life is, life is a ladder, and at some point you find yourself on one rung of the other. Um, but they do a pretty good job of making you understand that Billy probably shouldn't be on the right. run. Right, he's, he's been on. to college. I he's mean, a college boy. He's, and, 
Yeah. It was a mistake. Yeah. Well, not yeah. a mistake. Now I know you've been to college, boy. Yeah. 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 Well, he's 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 a convenience store. Yeah. Yeah. And he was young right, and right. like. By the little itty yeah, bitty He gives this little, this little story. Door, sack of money in his hand. Thumb in his ass. Right. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was it's the just so, the deer and the it's just so great. Exactly. Exactly right. You know, and so it goes back to the. One of the one of the key elements I've always thought about this movie, as you look at the people in it, you look at the characters. A big piece mm-hmm. of it is redemption. A big mm-hmm. piece of it, I think. Um, and even as a kid, I caught that. It was like, because my first thought was like, wait, well, you robbed somebody, so why aren't you still in jail? And then it's like you watch the movie and all the things he does and all the people he helps protect, and it's like, well, okay, so maybe you're not quite so bad. Maybe you made a mistake. Maybe maybe things are actually okay, you know. And it's it's one of the for as much as the Stephen King cocaine fueled nightmare that this movie is, uh, there was a little bit of a story to it. And there was a little bit of an arc and a little well, bit of talk of redemption. And I well, that's I've where the uh, the magic happens for any Stephen King movie. Like he'll set up a scene. I mean, in this one particularly silly, where trucks come after you. Is a cat coming over? Oh, <laughs> where the the cat's coming after you, or the cat's coming after you, the truck's coming after you. But then you fill it up with like, you know, with really incredibly great characters that are, you know, that you see their humanity and whatnot. Because, I mean, oh, now, now I'm, I'm pulling a zombie and talking about existential stuff. But uh, basically talking about how, you know, you don't really know what kind of a person you are until you're in a very life or death situation. And if you happen to be lucky enough to be one of the the really you know, heroic people that really comes through and doesn't just curl up in a corner crying or doesn't like resort to throwing everybody else under the bus. I think that's pretty cool. I haven't been in a situation like that myself. I really don't know what kind of person I am. I'm really hoping I'm a hero. <laughs> but honestly, let's be really fucking honest, right? Like you, you don't fucking know until you know. Yeah, definitely. And and so also just on a side note, I wanted to mention that uh, Emilio Estevez, I grew up, you know, in the 80s and Emilio Estevez was a huge uh, movie star in the 80s. And uh, I was more familiar with him first than before Charlie Sheen. Or I mean, right. Is that his dad? Yeah, that's his brother's no, name. That's, brother. that's, um... Martin Sheen, yeah. Martin Sheen. Uh, I was less familiar with Martin Sheen, but now going back and rewatching the movie, I realize how much young Emilio Estevez looks like Martin Sheen, like his dad. Uh, it's crazy. Like, I never made that connection as a younger person because, you know, it was not. Hey, John, him, is Michael Douglas related to the Sheens? I feel like he should no, no. be because he looks so much like the Sheens, and he's also in the eighties. But mm-hmm. that's a whole other story. Okay, all right. So we're at the truck stop. But the man knows. has looked in the hose and has gotten yeah. hit in the face with a bunch of diesel. Super smart. <laughs> also, the, the waitress by the littlest defender. By the littlest defender. The the I've never. You know what? I have to admit. Oh, not have to admit, but uh, I remember now growing up and watching shit in the eighties. I feel like the electric uh, uh, carving knife carving was knife used knife. so much as a horror movie mm. plot device. Like remember in that Tales from the Crypt, yeah, it was a villain, or or in this, yeah. and yeah. I'm sure there's many more. 
But uh, yeah. Oh yes, yeah. Nobody, nobody uses, uses them anymore, anymore, and I feel like uh, I that might be a big reason for it. Well, I mean, for when the one thing with them is they're they're so you can't like use them near in, an outlet, and they have you can't really you can only use them within a couple of foot range of a plug. So oh, they're rechargeable now. They're rechargeable now. In fact, that get one that's because you can get one that plugged in. Although maybe you would. Well, exactly. Once it uh, once it hit the floor, yeah. One of those electric knives, and it was like I think from the '60s or the '70s. It was really old, but it still worked. Uh, and it, it's pretty interesting. It's two blades side by side that just kind yeah. of go like that together. Oh yeah, it's it's death on a stick is what it is. It's literally I death I on a stick. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not a you could mess yourself up with one. <laughs> you could definitely mess and I get, yourself I, up. With I'm one. wondering how many oh, people yes. did mess themselves up to the point where this became such an obvious, like, you know, horror movie staple. They were like, yeah. it's interesting. They don't seem like a popular item. You know, not that many people seem. To well, there's no way for the machine to know what's cow meat or pork. Or chicken and what's human. <laughs> True. It, it can make a little There's sense so many now. Other things that it's like, oh, you got everything but you. And then you're like, oh great. <laughs> Not this fucker. <laughs> Turkey, pork chops, chicken. Oh human. Okay. It's on no, the chart. Okay. It tells you. I, I don't I, I don't I don't think it had that sensor. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't be laughing, but I am. Joke, you're um, laughing. Thank you for laughing. I'm a joke. Oh, uh, oh God. Oh God. Yeah. Um. So I have to say too. Uh, around this time, also, we there's the guy in the arcade room who things are mm -hmm. kind of malfunctioning, and he's kind of stealing from the cigarette machine and the vending machines. Yes. Uh, yes. As everything goes haywire. And yep. I, so I'm, you know, it's Emilio Estevez, and then it cuts to, because he smashes the knife with a hammer. Uh, yep. And then it cuts to the video game room, and I had a full on nostalgia flash of a memory that I had completely forgotten about, which is the uh, anthology movie Nightmares with oh. uh, Emilio Estevez. Playing video, the Bishop of Battle. Oh yes! Oh God! And it's basically Emilio Estevez becomes obsessed with an arcade game. In this is in the eighties, yeah. And then the arcade game. Oh wow! Pulls you know spoiler. It, he it ends up pulling him into the game world. He's trapped there. You said my it's favorite an anthology things: movie. anthology, horror, but, Emilio. Mm hmm. Very good. Well, yeah. The uh, the other cool part though is that it's Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. Wait, from from what? That from Breaking sense. Bad. That actor is Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. Yep. What is this? Uh, Giancarlo wait, no, Esposito. Wait, the guy yeah. in the in the video he's, game room. He's. Oh, yeah. Yes. He is. The yes. Actor in the That's yeah. That is the that is the owner and operator wait, of really? Los Pollos Hermanos. For a second it was, that's who that is. Then I looked in the little yep. and I was like, no, that's not him. It is. Holy shit. No, nope, it is. It is. He's really so, young. Yeah, <laughs> you're very, you're very young. Poor you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's exactly who it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's like, and <laughs> you don't know it 
until later. Like I, like I didn't, I didn't know it until probably four years ago. And I watched it again and I was like, Oh shit, that's Gus Fring. And like, you start putting it all together in your head. And you're just Yay. like, holy shit, actors and all like the, all the cool actor. things that they do. But that, yeah, that. You know what it oh, was? Oh, hell yes. Because, you know, yeah. every time so, I, I mean, see it him was now, just... he does a serious face. He's always playing serious characters. And in this one, he was like way more emotive. Mm -hmm. And so I remember thinking like, oh, that looks like him. And then I looked at him some more. Yeah. And he's like, I feel all excited because he's gotten the free cigarettes and the free coffee and the free snacks, which was a great scene. And, uh, and I was like, oh, wait, that's not him. But uh, shit, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, like just one of the moments in that movie, as you watch it later in life as an adult and you've gone through that series, really cool to see just like, also, okay. Yeah. The, uh, from the Mandalorian yeah. too, right? He's in a bunch of, uh, Gus, no, Gus, yeah, yep. Uh, yeah. Jim Keller Esposito isn't. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And, uh, yep. do the Probably. right Probably. That sounds like, about right. Uh, He's in everything. That <laughs> that's what I think from the eight, kind of that eight, his eighties look in this movie. I, that's when that, my mind went to. When he sort of carries a lot of his characters carry that look. Even, I mean, even Gus Spring has that. Um, and I don't. He has that just like straight spine sort of. Um, yeah, yeah. He's like got I'm the boss look to him. To him. Even, even it. Yes, there you go. Authority mm -hmm. to him, yeah, and through all of his characters, and he's I think like that's just part of him being a great actor. A vicious that he's just always got that authority. Yeah. A, vi a vicious cucumber. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll, I'm trying to keep it together, but Holly, you're making it hard. Um, uh, <laughs> shit. Okay. Anyway, <clears throat> and then. We come to another iconic scene, which I believe, oh. at least for me, is iconic. I hope it is yes. for everyone else. The, the Little League game. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Before we get Where into the Little League game, game we can talk a little bit more about the game room, because I was so uh, happy about that okay. fucking scene. I mean, like, it was so active. Like, sh you know, the machines are going haywire. He's, uh, you know, there's the free snacks coming out. The coffee machine's, like, spitting out free shit. Uh, the cigarette machine, which isn't electric. But okay, let's not fucking talk about that. But he's like taking everything, right? Because I mean, and that's so funny. Well, cause, like, again, like Joe was like, Zoink, like that's for me. <laughs> Everybody would have had the same idea, like take all the cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then he gets mesmerized by that one game. And he starts staring into the, 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 you know, the geometric, big, you know, yeah. uh, symbols into this, of the screen. And, and he touches it. And of yep. course he dies. But, um. I don't know. Like I thought that was so great where it's like, oh, he's home free well, and then and then he's not. I could Yeah. I I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um because I, I I suppose I have Google. I should just check this, but I, I don't do that. I got other ways to spend my time. I think that game was actually the game Tempest, but I think they had to rebrand it and cover it with something else because they couldn't get the rights to the game. I think they called Ooh. it Star Castle or Lord Castle or something like that, but I think it was actually Tempest because it had that to your point, those geometric, but, but swirling around the center, and it was just going, woo, woo. and the just and the sound design and all the lights in that scene were just great because it felt like being mesmerized. That's what it felt like. Just like yeah. I'm totally like I'm hypnotized, and I'm just going to go in and then get into the the one, just the one mm -hmm. hardcore problem I have with this movie, and I only have one, but it's to me 
pretty profound. As we go through this movie and all of these machines are going nuts and all the electronics are going nuts, none of these machines actually have the mechanical parts in them to do what they're doing. They don't actually have any of it. And this comes from me, even when I was a kid, like I, when I was a kid, I was huge into like RC cars and things like that. And I knew that none of these machines actually had a part where yeah. like you could control mm -hmm. the throttle or control the shift or sure. even be turned on or off. <laughs> and it's like, it's so that it gets you to a place, at least for me, where it's like, there's gotta be something like cosmic or ghostly or something controlling it that you don't ever actually see. Cause it's like, yeah. I know that a truck can't drive yeah. itself. It does not really, have parts. Really, because the parts that, that I was obsessed with was like, which you know? ones are good and which ones are bad? Which ones let you drive them <laughs> to your destination and which ones want to kill you? Well, that's the other piece of Cocaine. the equation. That's like, the answer. How come, how come, uh, well, okay, there we go. Answer, no. cocaine. Yep. One thing I noticed that there is a little bit of consistency with the vehicles because what appears, so I, I figure, so we know, spoiler, uh, that because it's in the text at the end of the movie that there was a UFO in the cloud of the, uh, of the comet. And so they were <laughs> possessing the vehicles that mechanically they definitely can't. In fact, the it always bugged me even as a kid watching this movie uh the great scene that the um of the vending machine shooting cans at the little kids that <laughs> like, you know even as a little kid i knew how a vending machine worked <laughs> can out of that there isn't a knob that goes That's dispense you know? destroy kill <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly right but that's the mechanism piece though where I noticed that cars were not possessed. Uh, anyone's car was drivable, nope. like the married couple. Well, I'm not saying no, you're wrong. Driving. I'm just saying, hey, can you explain certain, this? Certain so there were uh, multiple yep. times where there was like, particularly blonde women with frizzy perms hanging outside the window of their car because they'd been killed in their car. So that, I, I was actually able to explain that uh, because yeah, I, I noticed that too, and I thought to myself, the the window killed her. Right, she got but it's killed by in the, the electric car. window so... rolling itself up on her. I know that's true. It is the car doing it. But yep. the thing is, cars never cars that are not that don't have a person in them actually just sit there. There, I was paying attention, and when they show scenes and stuff, abandoned cars just stay abandoned, sitting there, and then. The ones like driven by the married couple, and I think there's another one that the uh, the Bible salesman's car, you know, because I was like, right, the Bible salesman's car, because because uh, I was thinking like, oh, the yep. the married couple are able to drive their car, even you know, once they saw the chaos and things were going on, they still were able to keep driving. It seemed like it was the trucks, of course, obviously, mm -hmm. and then construction vehicles mm. could be possessed. It does seem like they went. They did. They did kind of go bigger. I, I would give you that. Like as far as, um, let's call it like the army, like building an army. They used the bigger things, but it did seem like they used some of the lesser pieces of equipment, like as like the first line, the first wave of attack, because mm. you've got 
electric carving knives. You've got toy video games. You've got that killed people's dog. Walkmans. Toy cop cars. Like, <laughs> that just made I me know. sad. I still hate that. Oh, I still God. hate that. But there's a, there's at least two people that right? were killed by their Walkmans. The I'm still not sure how that exactly great. happened. I love that the guy with the coming out of his ears. Yeah, and he's just he's I in he's like he's in a he's like in a swing and he's just like. I, but he's got <laughs> the one Walkman death was uh, it blasted music so loud into the drums I that can tell you from personal I, experience. Kind of so possibly, like possibly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Possible. If it's yeah, if it's too loud, you're too old. I, I would agree with that. Um, but then you also had the one young lady who was hanging out of her bedroom window, and she had a hair dryer. Okay, hair dryer. here's the thing: they hair were implying dryers. that the hair dryer killed her. I, I've used one every day of my life, and um, I, can, I can see that thing killing me because it's a lot of power that's moved through a very chinzy device. And um, yeah, like they're fucking, they're not, they're no joke. I mean, like I've had a blow dryer spark on me, like, and then I had to like fucking turn it off and throw it across the room. They're, that I, 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 I Well, I, I figure, yeah, I figure. Yeah, I figure it sort of goes back to my wife's my wife's joke about when I'm finally dead, and she just like says to the cops, "I have no idea why he was making toast in the bathtub," just that kind of like thing. Like you just get <laughs> if if the moment is just right and things happen about that insurance. Fine. So, but I think, yeah, well, that's what I kind of think though, and so I think John is right. There was like a first wave, and that first wave was the vending machines and the cigarette machines and the video games, and then it's like. Then come in, like, maybe not your generals, but at least, like, you lieutenants that come in and are like, here's what we're going to do. So mm -hmm. that's it's a, a good plan. It's a good I plan. I realized. I mean, think about it. It's like you're – it's a good plan. You're an alien race that wants to take over a planet, and you show up, and you have the technology to basically turn all of your – their technology against them first and then you come in and just kind of clean have up you been doing okay with Stephen king exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> it actually makes a ton of sense i mean if you think about the things that you use every day like that are in your house electric like carving if i picked knife? up my i don't know my carving knife or or my waffle maker and it killed me i mean that's a it's a pretty good first wave. And then, like to John's point, then they're like, okay, now we're going to get hard and heavy. That's and true. Come That's in true. With yeah. the trucks. I can see that. You know, and yeah. so so I can kind of see, well, well, I can it, almost kind of see like average cars, like your average car being part of the first wave because they're sort of smaller, you know? Mm -hmm. So I can kind of see that. And it makes sense that when you get to like Kurt and Connie and they're, you know, they're driving around and, you know, she has to go to the bathroom and, and they stop at the gas station. And then you get that first, like that big, that big Mack truck that's like comes around from the side. Like I can, it actually makes a lot of sense now that we're talking about it. That looks like here's our first wave, here's our second wave, and then as you get further in, then you start seeing the machine gun. Where that you start seeing come from airplanes. again? You see the big fuel truck <laughs> because the big the machine well, the, gun, the, the machine gun vehicle. I'm guessing a military base wherever. Yeah. Yeah, it drove in from the local military base. Yeah, I mean, it does beg the question, though that that vehicle showing up begs the question of, you know, there should have been like tanks. This is a lower budget movie, but you know, there should have been tanks. Did and he get called showing, or did he get lost? Well, like, here. how did this one little guy end up all the way out here? Although, maybe, 
Although I'll defend it. I, I just thought of a defense because maybe you could say <laughs> that the aliens, the aliens oh, used the military vehicles to attack the higher podunk targets. Like yeah. bus stop with the best the gaming podunk. You know, they get because it's a truck stop, so there's a lot of trucks around <laughs> that they can use to attack. Pretty good. All right, John. All right, John. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, and maybe maybe that's the maybe that's the thing is that the that they understand that they have to take over the trucks. So going to a truck stop and like getting the people at the truck stop to do what they want actually makes a great deal of sense. Mm-hmm. Wow, we're getting fucking weird and deep on this. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. Lore. Getting yeah. deep on the lore of uh, all right, so we've uh, yeah, we've gotten to why we've gotten to like semi killed. Let's move on to the next. <laughs> 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 well, <laughs> we're almost at an hour, <laughs> but, I think, but I can't move on quite yet because there's always a, a segment where I reveal <laughs> how I'm a bad person and. Uh, <laughs> And so one of the big laugh out loud scenes for me is the scene where all the kids are running in the baseball game. They're all running in terror and there's can- Coke cans being launched at them and you yep. see a kid get hit in the back and falls down. And <laughs> That's a highlight of my that life. That is one of the funniest scenes <laughs> of the whole movie. It was I actually like kids. They're nice. <laughs> they're great. But it's kind of it's kind of cool when like a movie goes after them because they never... They don't do that very often. It's 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 like that's the last taboo, right? So it's kind of and and not and like this was in a fun, cute way. Like no kids died; they just got pelted with a can. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure the kid that got run over by a steamroller Wait, probably what? died. Oh yeah, that was... I'm I'm pretty sure he was dead. What yeah. did that happen? Got run over by the steamroller. Yeah. 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 Probably when your kind of when your technology went to shit. Probably yeah. There was a kid that got. Underneath it, like, and they they did that that music where they were like wah 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 wah, and he went oh. under the steamroller, and you heard the like I like well, you, you know, heard him you heard him pop like a grape, it's cool. it's like a fine. really bony grape. Zombie, still with kids here. I'm so still okay know. with the children being attacked. I, uh, well, you know, and I'm still magically fine with them being run over by steamroller. So, <laughs> I, yeah. It's you know just what, a king story. Kids are always getting I feel like kids are getting more injured in the 80s than they injured. do in like after that decade when it comes to horror movies. Because I feel like I've got this idea in my head that you don't mess with kids. But then we've yes. been watching a lot of movies lately for the show. And a lot of the 80s ones, it's like, let's let's put a five-year-old in there. <laughs> it's like, shit. We just watch well, the birds. Yeah, but for... Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, like for Stephen King, though, kids getting hurt somehow is almost foundational to what he writes. Mm-hmm. It's really foundational. You can't get away. From it, it. That's like the entire it story is uh, all about kids. Every every story, every story. It, Children of the Corn. Um, there's some stuff in the Happy Dead birthday. Zone that is definitely sure. that. Cujo. I mean, what was the other one where kids yeah. got? Didn't alligator eat a kid? Happy. I feel like. Oh, oh no, the alligator was the one where the alligator was in the pool and some kid playing a prank on another kid pushed him into the pool. There was like, oh, 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 oh. yeah, then he got. That was one of the rough ones. Yeah. So the movie Alligator, I don't even know what we're talking about. Alligator is storming like the streets of New York. Oh, okay. I was talking. (laughs) 
I, I, I was did. talking I'm to sorry. Stephen I'm King, and he went like totally different okay. direction. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. Definitely. <laughs> well, let's stop talking about how I'm a horrible person, and let's start talking uh, about how yeah. John's a horrible person. <laughs> but so, uh, anyways, we yeah. can move to where you know we do meet the hitchhiker. Girl and the Bible kind of sales. Who is she? She's, she looks oh, like she's Brett. been in a bunch of yes. shit. Yeah. Uh, Laura Herring. I kept thinking she was young Charlize Theron, but she's not. She has a little bit of that vibe, but no, no. The actress's name is Laura Harrington, and the the most the most predominant role that I have seen her in is that she was in the The Devil's Advocate. She was the assistant that the the one guy who was accused of murder was boning. That's, That's like the most predominant place I saw her. She was in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. That was a good movie, The Devil's Advocate. Yeah. Just a, well, well, and just the Bible salesman, and he's just, he's singing that one step at a time, sweet Jesus. And he's just, another cast. No, go ahead. No, just he was pouring it, he was pouring it on so hard. Yeah. um, But another cast member I really liked is the uh, mechanic guy. Uh, who's in a ton of movies? Bobby, but I, he's like the uh, he's Joey. The guy, he's yeah, Joey. yeah. So he is Bubba's Joey. like you know second in command. Yeah. Well, not really second yeah. in command because he's not a dick to anybody else. But he's the one that mm-hmm. somehow Bubba trusts with all the secrets, including the guns. Mm-hmm. And he's smart. Like he's like, don't go out there. Yeah. Don't put diesel in on keys. your fucking face. Yes. Don't do this. And yeah. then like nobody listens to him, even though he's perfectly fucking smart. <laughs> yeah, <he's done. laughs> Yeah, this would explain the good guy that submits to the bad guy. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. He's in another favorite of mine, Heather's. The what? The priest? Oh, yes. Yes. The priest who does the funerals. Yep. But he's, yeah, he was one of I mean, like, he, he already has, like, I don't know, I feel like really good actors have, like, such a good actors that are, even if they're not great at acting, but they've got really big presences, or they've got really great stage personas or whatever, like, you can tell from the get-go, yeah. there's something really interesting about them. Like, you can look at, you can you can watch and paint a house kind of shit, right? Like, they don't have to be Meryl Streep, but, like, they can, without having the chops, they still grab your attention, and so he's one of them, so he's he's really great. Yep. And this movie's full of them, of those actors. Like, there's of almost all of the actors in this movie are like those actors that you've seen in a hundred different movies that play. They're like mm-hmm. character actors that just play kind of background mm-hmm. or secondary roles, you know? Oh yes, the whole movie. The whole movie is a character actor omelet. The whole thing is. There's character actors everywhere, and you can recognize mm-hmm. from. Brad, the guy that seals the diamond at the end, to the guy that whips open the doors and breaks them, he's like, "What the fuck's going on?" Here? I mean, it, like, there's there's people everywhere that you that you know you know, but you don't know their name. Yes, yeah, yep. Yeah, and, like, the, uh, the truck driver. Yeah, that him too. Yeah, he's in a bunch of shit. Is he? I, I, I'm not sure Handy. Yep. Handy. Yep. Yep. He is too. Again, another great character actor that you know that again that you know that you know but you don't necessarily know their name but mm-hmm. because you know you know them 
it makes the it makes the movie that much better, you know? Yeah. No, totally. I have to jump because I'm I, as I say I I have the movie open here and I'm kind of skipping through, uh, and I saw something I wanted to bring up. Uh, among the vehicles that get possessed and start running amok is an ice cream truck, and it plays oh, the ice cream yes. music and drives and. I know, Holly, you're not Twisted a metal. video gamer, but zombie you might be, but... Joe Bradley Twisted metal, yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yes. <laughs> and then I saw yep. in the comments, too, yep. on Twisted nice. Tuesday. PlayStation <laughs> 1. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like this is the origin of that, uh, of that character from the game, you know? It, oh, fuck yeah. The Mr. Casey truck? It, yeah. What's interesting is that in the game, uh, Twisted Metal, uh, what's his name again? I'm blanking on the character's name from. Oh uh, God, that's going way too far back for my for my brain uh, tonight. It's uh, Sweet Tooth. Uh, sweet Tooth. Yeah, sweet tooth. you guys were mentioning that last night too. Sweet Tooth. Yep. Yep. Sweet Tooth. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yep. <clears throat> so. Uh, What's interesting is that in, in the game, Sweet Tooth has a clown face on the front of the ice cream truck, which is sort of like yeah. how the you have the goblin face on the front of the truck. When did that game come out? But not on the front of the ice cream truck. Yeah. 90s? Or and when did 90s? this movie come out? Like 80? Yeah, forever maybe? ago. Yeah. 86? 86. Oh, so then 86. it's reversed. So Twisted 86, Metal must have yeah. taken some like pointers off of... Uh, Maximum. That's what I think. I think Twisted Metal. I think the I think the Sweet Tooth character may have been influenced by this. Well, yeah, it was definitely back in a time when you could steal from anybody, and it was more of a a badge of honor that you got stolen from versus yeah. now today when you get sued if you get stolen from. <laughs> um, no, yeah, but I mean, like even. You know, as as they're coming into town, and the Bible salesman is all over the hitchhiker, just Ugh. just you know, just keeps calling her sweet thing, Being doing every, everything else, you know. Being a and yeah, 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 and calls her sugar pie, and calls her whatever else, and then then her her one line that is so great, and she's like, she's like, you know, what? he's gonna be wiping your ass with the hook the next time you take a dump. <laughs> I mean, that is just, and that's but that's kind of when we establish. Brett as being something kind of of a badass, and and she ends up being a little bit of a supportive badass, and I think and they could have done a little more with her because she was such a badass. But they had her being, they had her being a supportive That's badass, which is kind of okay, <laughs> you know. And then, they, well, exactly, yeah, you know. So they pull into the truck stop, and and he's just bitching at her and just you know reading her the riot act. He's like, I you never heard talk about that when I was a boy, and all this other stuff. And then you have Handy's rig. The, the Green Goblin, which is being fueled up for the second time now because the first guy didn't finish it, and it kind of like takes off by itself, you know. And we get the the sort of like pull him out of the way and like what's going on, everything. And then we meet our married couple, Connie and Curtis, <laughs> which are honestly fucking just adorable. Fucking and yeah, they're just you know. It, well, they are, yeah, and, yeah, and they're flying down the highway, and she's like, 
He's like, I'm going to pull off. And she's like, well, that's good because I got to go to the ladies. And he's like, can I come in and watch? And she's like, no, you cannot come in and watch. You know, and just they're just so fun. And they're just so, I yeah, hate to use absolutely. this term, but they're like very all-American. Like everybody can, everybody can relate. Mm. Um, then they pull into the into this gas station and they see a guy who's kind of on the center island of the gas station. He's obviously had some problems that day. And it's the first of her, like, is he dead? You know? <laughs> um, you know, and he sees the clock going backwards. The clock is really cool. And then you hear that, that, and that is, that sound bite is really profound for me. I, and I, I think it's because I, I had a dad that was a mechanic forever. So that, I just like, it sinks into me. And I'm just like, oh my God, I can totally feel it. But then the, the truck kind of crashes through, and then we have her the second time. Curtis, are you dead? Mm. I mean, but keeping with the with the momentum of this film, and then like how fun it like tries to keep itself. And then as they're running away, and she's driving, and she's just going all Get over the place, yeah. you know. And he's like, the other way, the other way, and yeah, and, and you know, and. You know, she's screaming at him and she's like, you know, the other way, the other way and does all this kind of stuff. And he's like, she's like, you know, I can't drive when you're yelling at me. And it's like, like so much of it is just like, for me as a, like when I was a kid, it felt like sort of being in the family car a little bit. Like, <laughs> I think my parents had this exact conversation at least once. Yeah. I think they did a good job with her character of uh, being like uh, annoying, right. but not He's just really anxiety producing. Because every time she's screaming, like you're already tense about the situation. And again, we're having fun with the movie, but you still, you know, you're feeling that tension from like the scenes, but her screaming is just like, really takes it over the top. So you're like, Jesus Mm. Christ, let me deal with the evil trucks for fuck's sake. The truck noise is really good. They use that for sure because it's it's a uh, it's a cool jarring sound because it has that like that air. I think it's the air brakes how they squeal like really high pitch along with that kind of rumble where it's like when it starts up. Yeah, yeah, they do that. That combination of the diesel engine running, but then like the the air braking or the Jake braking that they you know running the running the air over the tops of the pistons to slow the truck down. They use that so effectively throughout the entire mm-hmm. movie. And then a lot of the also the air brakes in the trucks where they're going like that is so is and it's again from all of Holly's time at a truck stop, because apparently she's spent a lot of time there. Um it's it's such a it's it's a very normal sound, right? But they use it. They use it here and they use it to to like build tension like to the next scene. Mm-hmm. And it's it's I mean it's it's almost kind of the equivalent of the ring 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 like it builds up that like something bad is coming like tension mm-hmm. and I love that about that. Just how they use it. Yeah. And it, it's funny cuz they do it talking about like the mechanics of it. Uh they show the they actually show like the panel in the cab of the truck like yeah 
the whole sequence that the truck has to do to start up and drive and stuff, it does that by itself. So it's like yes. clearly whatever is puppeting the trucks literally is like operating it in the same way that a person would operate it, which is definitely kind yes. of Yes. The wood the wood grain panel with all the indicator lights <laughs> and they're like <laughs> Yeah, they're like Oh. Yeah. Well, and it's still, but I mean, I think that's what brings a sense of um, almost a sense of realism to this, because if you've ever been around any kind of trucks like Holly, like you'd know that, like, like yeah. you know, those sounds, it's like they're, they're super obvious, you know, like for me, my dad was a mechanic, all those sounds were like, I knew them all. So when I saw this for the first time, and I saw all those sounds, it was like, it, it wasn't scary. Exactly. It was more like, okay, this is happening. Like, and I could see it and I could vibe Ooh. with it. And I, yeah, I, it goes back to, I think Stephen King and his, his want to like bring like real world sounds into this. And he did such a fantastic job. Yeah. And using the uh, kind of, and I think they also do it a little bit where they kind of blended like animal sounds into the trucks. Uh, rumbles and stuff that were kind of the like growl. Live roars. Uh, the growl. Uh, uh, that... That's a really good. <laughs> they yes. Kind of yep. Yep. Yeah, that was exactly what they did. Which was, but cool. it was they still could have done that a little more. I thought you know make them more. A yeah. More like yeah. Monsters. I think so too. Yeah. Just well, and, and like not like giving you like a little bit of an indication of what's behind the wheel because like and not to give it away completely, but to give you a little bit of like. I can't see it, but I know something bad is there. Yeah. All right, what's next on the great. agenda, J yep. Johnny? I know we're not I mean, doing a we'll great job. We'll try to move faster through, but you know, the circling trucks is a little cool. bit of the like, trucks you know, are all circling. The the, the I thought they, I thought that uh, Stephen King did a really nice job, and like people losing their shit in the group. You know, uh, it was only like one or two at a time and like just enough to where like, you know, they, they did a little bit of damage, but not a lot. And because, uh, you know, the whole time there's that fear, like there's nothing stopping these fucking semi trucks from running through your fucking building. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's funny because like, I kept thinking, you know, they, can't, they could just smash through and, and just throw them separate. right well emilio like, estevez has a, that line where it's like down. well those big ones they'll sink right down to the bottom but that little one with the yeah. machine gun but honestly like they don't have to go mm -hmm. all the way through they can just ram in back up or get a corner like they can very easily like any one of those trucks could very easily take down that building yeah and plus they don't have they're not living creatures that have self-preservation they're being used by the aliens to attack you know they, they could just be using them to smash but it's fine i mean you wouldn't have a movie if, <laughs> if they just smashed the building down in the first five minutes but uh but yeah no it's like you would kind of think like oh they should just be ramming into the walls a bit more you know but uh, who well, that's who knows what an alien is thinking. Exactly. The semi to kill people. Well, that's the hard part, though, because I think they quickly, whatever the aliens were that came down, I think they quickly figured out that the the, the like vessels gasoline. that they chose had some limitations, right? And 
Exactly. So one of the limitations was is that they needed the humans to refuel them. So it's like it almost has a it has a little bit of a Conan vibe oh, to me, where it's okay. like we have to take slaves and we have to have these slaves do the things <laughs> that we need to do. Otherwise, we can't exist. Um, the one big thing that I think that we we hopped over, and I wanted to point this out because I think it's really awesome is not exactly the word. Um, but going back to where Zeke was riding through the neighborhood and he saw like all the sprinklers and that's when he saw the ice cream truck. There's a scene where there's a lawnmower, right? And this lawnmower kind of comes to life and goes across the lawn. So that was a scene that uh, Stephen King felt very, very strongly about. And that one of the big things he wanted to do is make sure that you yeah, can see scary. the whirling blades of the lawnmower. For some reason, that was super important. Mm -hmm. oh, I, I think so too. Yeah. So they had this uh, lawnmower propped up on these wooden blocks, so you could see the you could see the blades. Well, one of the blades hit one of the blocks and sent a splinter Ooh. of wood into the director of photography's eye. <clears throat> um, and his name was Armando Nanuzzi. And when all was said and done, um, they kept shooting. The movie kept going, but this guy he lost, lost an eye to maximum to overdrive. Wow. He fully lost his eye. He lost an eye to Maximo, and he did sue. He did sue, and oh, he got, I think it was something on the order of like $18 million or something like yeah. that. And he he did continue his career, but he always felt like he was being passed over for people that, you know, had two eyes and something and that who, looked like What was the title vision. again? Um, so I just. Oh. Yeah. Um, he was a director of cinematography. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. That's why he got so much money. That's his, awful. His job. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, for for yeah. people that gave to this movie, I'm I'm pretty sure he gave the most. I mean, I'm not yeah. I'm not an expert yeah. here, but losing an eye that's a pretty good sacrifice. No. So, anyway, so sorry to, sorry to jump back, but that's like that's a kind of a big thing in that whole movie. No, definitely. you know, yeah. And that's the uh, other thing is you know simultaneously with the truck stop, there is the story of the kid traveling <laughs> on his BMX bike from the yes from one part of the town over to the truck stop, basically, to eventually join up with the, rest of the, the group. Well, and all the times he, like, he hides and he does whatever else, and, like, he sees the airplane coming, and the, air, the airplane is, like, flying low, trying to, what looks like, to me, trying to find oh, him I a little bit, but they're, like, they're playing that. And was, I, had a, I had another yeah, thought about yeah. the plane. No, just as, this was part of how, how how Zeke was trying to, or not Zeke, I think his name is Deke. Deke is trying to, because it's Deke and Duncan, because Duncan was his dad and Deke is a kid, just trying to find his way to the truck stop and all of his trials and tribulations, um, from the sprinklers to the ice cream truck to whatever else, and then the little plane playing the opera. Um you know, and how he finally gets to the truck stop, but he's basically blocked off from getting there by some mesh wire over the big pipe. He can't get in, you know, and then we pop back to the truck stop and we have the Bible salesman who's giving his speech to a couple in a booth, you know, and then this is just a little bit of a precursor to what John was talking about, how the truck starts circling. But one of those trucks, you know, smashes his car and he gets all kinds of fired up about his uh, it just all the things that he says and does it like are so not what I would think would be a Bible salesman's quotes, you know, just as he's going out there. Um, 
And then he sort of gets uh, bumped off over into the ditch. And this is when things really fire up. And this is when we get our big circling, the big circling oh, of the truck stop. Up how, and it's like, just such a great At one point scene. we have that uh, bird's, not the bird's eye view, but the cockpit view of that airplane that's being manipulated. And it's a really neat shot because on the one hand, it tells you that all the different, um, all the different vehicles that are being affected by, you know, by, uh, you know, the, this z UFO invasion. But then on the other hand, I really was hoping that fucker would crash into the ground trying to take down the kid on a bike. I didn't want him to win. I wanted the kid to win. But still, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you show me an airplane that's being possessed by UFOs. I want to see the motherfucker crash. What? Where? Well, did eventually we do see that it's crashed nose first. Remember, it was it was sticking vertically out of the top of a school bus. Oh, I might at the, have gone at, for at the end of the movie or something. But... And I get it's money, and they've already had so many explosions because the the movie uh, has a lot of explosions, which are very exciting. And uh, yeah, interesante. And so, and so we do. You know, they. The Bible yeah, we, salesman. I feel like I we're only like through seen. twenty minutes of the, the movie, Bible and we're already in an hour of seventeen. <laughs> come like, on, we got like this. Halfway. We got this. <laughs> they do find. So they do. Like, the next big thing is they find is that uh, the owner That's of the truck right. stop has a bazooka. That he used to blow up some trucks, uh, and then we awesome. of course find out that he has a whole giant stash of weapons under the uh, <laughs> under the building that they use. But uh, it's definitely, you know, kind of raises. If I had some complaints about the way this movie is structured, because I feel like that's we'll get to like my problems with the movie coming up. As, when they happen, but uh, you know, we get these a, a huge amount of destructive weapons right away in the movie, pretty much half at the halfway point, which definitely kind of you know, and they use that bazooka to take out like three trucks with no problem whatsoever. Uh, it does kind of raise the issue of okay, well, you now have the ability to get a bunch of super powerful weapons out there and just take down the <laughs> trucks. You know, it's like you took down three pretty easily here. Uh, and then you kind of, you know, the, the truck or the, the, what's his name? Bubba. Uh, you know, he's like, well, this is mine and I don't want everyone knowing about my weapons and stuff. But so he's kind of, you know, restrictive of it, but I don't know. It, that's where like a little bit of a problem. Cause it's like, okay, you just showed us you blowing up these trucks with really kind of no real problems. Like, I feel like we could wrap this movie up. Right Speaking now. of guns and arsenals, <laughs> this is zombie, is that your gun safe? The movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it ain't. That's a refrigerator. <laughs> just a safe. <laughs> Look, move your is camera, man. Yeah, sense? there you go. <laughs> 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 well, no, and I think you're 
I think you're, I think you're ultimately right, John, is that like, when he shows this like flash of firepower, but for me, what I always took away from this is that Bubba Hendershot as a character is supposed to be mm-hmm. representative of like the authorities, right. right? Because in this movie, there are no authorities. There's no cops. There's no FEMA. There's no, show up, yeah. yeah. So I think he's supposed to be a representative of that. But if you, <clears throat> if you, if you play that card, honestly, what do they do? They show up, they're flashy, you know, they, they make some things happen, but ultimately they fail. That's what they do. That uh, Every movie like this, any apocalyptic sort of movie, they fail and people are left to fend for themselves. Um, and, and using whatever they have at their disposal, but they ultimately <clears throat> are left to themselves. So I think that's kind of what they're doing here is that, that they're showing that dichotomy between like, oh, I depend on the government for everything and they'll they'll protect me, right? And then the, they sort of had this flash of like, yeah, we're going to do that. But then in the end, whatever the adversary is, whatever the enemy is, starts to overtake and you start to got to get, you have to get more clever and you have to get a little bit more sneaky to actually overpower them. So I think that's kind of what they do here. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Um, and then let's see, where do we go? The kids... So, oh, the, the, they, of course, uh, hook up. The, that was a nice scene, not enough DNA. The, the only DNA that happens oh, the sweat is fest. on a wall with, like, magazine cutouts. And then you see a lot of two Twisted Tuesdays uh, mm-hmm. cooters. You see a lot of cooters. Or... Yes, the uh, the a cot and, and a Like, who the fuck wants to go to sleep? To, I'm sorry, maybe... Yikes. Maybe I'm saying something very obvious, but I'm like, who the fuck wants to go to sleep with it? No, I thought the same. I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. Even I, even, even I wouldn't. For sure. I would. Yeah, I wouldn't be comfortable falling asleep in the back of a gas station, up yeah, against a cinder block dicks, wall that I'm was like, covered no, in no, nothing but beaver shots. I, I'm right there too. Yeah. <laughs> that would make it of- slightly more uncomfortable for me. But either way, it's like, I don't want to wake up and rub my eyes and go, oh, fuck. <laughs> that's not not the first thing I want to see in the morning, whether it's beaver or... I would like to I, see I, a kitten just, hanging on by like a thread. I would like to see a cloud or a plant. <laughs> that's what I yeah. want. Yeah, hang in there, kid. Maybe yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was kind of a flashback of Maybe a will a couple of unicorns well. and dolphins. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Oh no! Totally, totally eighties and totally like mechanic shop. Like my yeah. dad, growing up, my dad was a mechanic. He had <laughs> a Snap On Tools. Mm-hmm. Snap On Tools, huge brand, popular with mechanics. They had 80, naked ladies in their calendars. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they're so you know? so yeah. and just like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. obviously a real no, no, no. The uh, the uh, oh, naked yes, lady, yes. Sure. oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 calendars no. for it. That, yeah, I no, probably no, not. no, that doesn't happen anymore. No, nope. not an official nope. snap on calendar with naked ladies. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, you can't have the big old Muffin triangle town. of Muffin you Town know what? and That's just the big. I'm gonna call you, you my, no. my private yeah. areas. You don't get that anymore. No, Muffin no, no. Town. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Joey, Muffin Town. Muffin Town. Okay, Muffin <laughs> Town. All right, there we go. <laughs> now. <laughs> And you would see that in movies and and in real life, of course, where they would always have. I think even in Alien, 
or what are those yep it's not even like it's not even the movies like i uh i was oh alien i was at a, a die hard had it Lodge die hard in Ohio, had it. I mean, yeah. like some five years ago for an event that we that my family had paid to have there and uh it's a bowling alley and i went to the back to uh, bring a plate of food to the guy running the bowling uh alleys which were only like four lanes right because it's a you know it's a elks lodge so it's not a big bowling alley but there is a bowling alley i bring a plate of food and he has a wall of fucking 80s like fucking like naked ladies posing calendars and i'm like i don't even think they made those anymore that's fucking nuts <laughs> Those ladies are grandmas. Those are Gmails. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They've been, they've been shellacked to the wall at that point, but that, I mean, but that was honestly, that was a piece of like for the 100%. average blue collar guy, that was a piece of what got you through the day. That, mm -hmm. That's just what it was. It wasn't, was never meant to be offensive or anything else. It was just like, this is me getting through my day. So just, yeah. you know, and, I know you don't approve, but that's okay. Yeah, and it was the days porn. before internet, easily available internet porn. Yeah, let me print this out. On the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, that's now right. They just, now they can look at their phone during the day, basically. Well, exactly. But I think I also think that's a piece of what has made it oddly offensive now is that it's you can find it so easily, whereas it was like for me, like going to my dad's mechanic shop. It, it wasn't a, it was a hidden treasure. Pornography and drugs was, like, was a hidden oh, treasure back in the day. Yeah, well, I, and I, I know I mean that. It was like, well, I mean, yeah, but like your old school thumbing through a Playboy doing whatever yeah. else. It was, it was sort of sacred and sort of hidden, you know, and it was, mm -hmm. again, not offensive to anybody or not trying to demean anybody. It was just like, oh my God, boobs. You know, it was just great. Whereas now, to John's point, I can just get on my phone and go boobs and find them. <laughs> and it just, it takes all the mystique out of it. You know, there's no search. There's no treasure at the end of it. It's just Maybe like, that's boobs. better. Yeah. Maybe no, okay. it shouldn't, like, it shouldn't be so taboo yes, so exactly. that you, like, are fetishizing them into your fucking, like, adulthood. <laughs> no, no, but you did fetishize. Oh, but it wasn't about that, though. No, it was more adulthood. about being young and about, and about the, no. No, I didn't. I didn't. Right, no, it was more about, about being young and about okay. the discovery stages of your life. That's what it was about. Because, because, no, because there was definitely a point where it was, it was not like, honestly, I would get more now out of like an old snap on calendar than I would out of you porn yeah, or whatever you find that shit website you go to. I would get like, I would, uh, <laughs> but more. Uh, well, you're probably right, but like existentially, I would get more out of it. It <laughs> would give heart, me more. Not the it dick, would like fill my heart, heart more than like just watching <laughs> porn. It just would. It would fill my heart. It would. No, just yeah, no. It just would be just be like it's. <laughs> like you don't get big muffs anymore. Oh, but <laughs> thank like, you, Holly. <laughs> it's like oh, I miss that. Wait, it's it's wholesome almost. You know. No, you do now. Oh gone? no, the muff. The muff has gone somewhere else. You know where the muff has gone? <laughs> On the guys' faces. That's where the muff has gone. Dude, it's like a beard. He's talking about the you, beards? John. <laughs> yep. That's where the muff has gone. It has. It has. Yeah. In in the 70s, guys were clean shaven. Maybe had a little pedo stash, but basically they were clean shaven. The muff has gone somewhere else now. So <laughs> it's it, it's transcended. All it right. Has. Back I'm to sorry. the movie because we got to get through this fucker. We're already an hour 27. <laughs> 
the heroes, of course, are sneaking through the tunnels Bible to get back and forth. But they find somebody they think so much better. Rescue the, the Bible salesman. But they, yes. Yeah. That's a funny Deek. kind of coincidence scene yep. where it's like, oh, we're going to go out and rescue the Bible salesman who's yelling in pain. But yep. oh, he actually died. But here's the kid who happened to show up at the same location. So, incidentally, uh, oh, so we'll we'll before on the show, kid. but um, I love, oh, the couple love, of... love, love smart kids and horror movies because I hate, 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 hate dumb kids in horror movies. Mm. They make me feel so frustrated for them that I don't. I just, um, I'd rather not fucking yes. see them. But smart kids in horror movies make me feel really happy for them, and so I enjoy seeing smart kids in horror movies. Oh hell yes! And Deke had it going the whole time. He was he was on a mission. He and it, like even when he even when he found the Bible salesman, he was like, "Well, you know, what? I'm going to try because it's the right thing to do." Even though he knew it was he kind a of comment. a lost cause, but that Bible salesman, he had a that line in it where he's just like, "Yeah, he's just like, nice, pull me, pull me, or by Jesus, I'll kill you." Like the, like as a as a kid, as a kid, holy shit, as a kid. I, that one still, that one makes my butt pucker up still to this it day. Is. Just like when that guy says that, I just go, oh, uh, like, God, like, oh, future adults yelling at me. I just want to kind of like <laughs> just start going, eh. oh, shit, exactly, shit, you know? Kid is uh, who I recognized from an 80s TV show that I used to watch called Facts of Life. Yes. Uh, yep. Did he ever yep, do he anything else, by the way? He was on with George Clooney in the later oh. season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I do have him. Uh, let me see here. Uh, he still kind of looks the same. Is the funny thing too? Yeah, nothing profound, but which yeah. was kind of funny because he was so. I mean, like, like borderline adorable. But I don't think he did anything else that was like stand out. No, I don't think he did. Let's no. see. Uh, yeah, nothing too. Safe room. Is really safe with, with Jodie Foster. No, that's Panic Room. That's Panic oh, Room. No, that's thinking a, about. Yeah, that yep. That's yep. Panic Room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Jodie Foster well, and uh, Chris Stewart. Enough money yeah. to you know oh, get a good start in life then. Okay. Well, he's really what's he on? He's on uh, some TV shows currently. Love and Death, Winning Time, Safe Space. He was on Fantasy Island, the new one. Uh, it's all random, but he's basically been working consistently on TV. All right, well, yeah, good for him. Just keep playing your trades. Yeah, that's all you can do. Oh shit, really? Okay, well, he, Which well he's, episode, he's doing some stuff. Castle for one episode. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> I'm a big Nathan Fillion fan. <laughs> Man, it, oh look! <laughs> Firefly was the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, Firefly still is the best. Just saying. All right, I didn't say so that, but we're I'm going out saying. there. We're rescuing the kids. Mm -hmm. That was a nice little scene because you know you got again like Lisa Simpson going, "Don't you grow? You're not allowed. You're not allowed to go down now." Don't you make me oh. a widow? Oh no, no. Her her best. Her best line of the entire. No, no, no. Her best line ever. He says, the husband, Curtis, says, there's a man line hurt out there. And she says, 
there's going to be a man lying hurting here. <laughs> I, oh my I love God. That, like, you know, that is so spectacular. It's <laughs> like, you know, as a. Um, like, once you quit this foolishness. As, uh, <laughs> oh, controlling God. as she's trying to be. Like, he loves her so much, which is very sweet. But he's also like, no, I got to do what I got to do. And he goes out, and you're like, thank you. Thank God. And so, yeah, like him and Emilio, like, sneak by the trucks? I never understood that. Like, what? The trucks aren't paying fucking attention? Like, I don't understand uh, how, because yeah. that's a, that's a thing that happens every, because everybody eventually steals through, like, everybody, yeah. like, fucking, like, yeah. walks through without the yeah. trucks noticing, so, uh, cocaine, 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 I get it, I get it, I get it. Well, and I, yeah, cocaine, yeah, so, cocaine and alcohol, good things. Sound uh, directing. Good choices and sound <laughs> directing, not good things. I'm okay with that. Yeah. No, I think John said it earlier, though, and I think this is a piece of what Yardley Smith does, is that she gets right up to that line of she does. almost pissing you off and then backs it down. Just she's enough still this side like, of adorable. I'm sorry, honey. I, I'll and she's be smart. Next time. I mean, like, she's and, got a good point, and, she, and she's oh, oh, right yes. to be scared. Yep. And she's right to, like, want to keep her man close to her. Like, she's right about everything, but, like, she's just really grating about it. <laughs> I like, we're like, yes. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I pitch grading. Yeah. Her voice has that tone. I pitch like nasal. Oh, yes. Tone. Yeah. Yes, it does. It makes, the, it, it, makes, it makes the hairs on your butthole stand up and just go, ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. So as they get back from the, the sewer escapade and they start formulating their plan and finally Bill goes outside. And he's talking to the one guy, and he's like, how you doing? He's like, doing all right. I'm tired. I'm scared. He's like, well, okay. No. Like, when I say run, you, go? you run, okay? And he's like, what you going to do? And he's like, don't worry about it. Just run. And then you have I Brett's favorite oh, line for the movie yeah, for me. She's like, great. I've never seen a hero with his ass in the air like that before. <laughs> you know? And now we know... It's time right. to get the hell out of here. So that's where Emilio Estevez, uh, there was like, a grenade into gone. that little car yeah, with start- the with the machine gun. Which is when he's like, okay, well, I'm glad the trucks can't magically yep. read yep. lips or hear dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... They, uh, so, yeah, the, the, the little vehicle with the machine gun shows up. Which I think is literally Stephen, because it's like you can. There are points in this movie where I swear you can see Stephen King's and then trying to figure and out then. the story as he as he makes the movie, where it's like he realized that the trucks would eventually run out of gas. Mm. How do I deal with it when the trucks all run out of gas? And so then he's like, "Oh, I'll have the machine gun force people show up." And then that yep. way, the machine gun vehicle can basically threaten to yes. shoot people. And, and let it them does its uh, Oh, yeah, the communicate Morse code. Yeah, and it does the kids already Which, incidentally, yeah. very yep. likely, I liked it. I didn't think it was yeah. outlandish. That was nice. Correct. And the machine gun is a good escalation of the danger, you know, because. It, you, we have a lot, a lot of the trucks driving around doing their thing, but now we have something that can shoot guns. You know, now they they've got projectile weapons. 
Well, yeah, it's a whole other level, right? It, it's it's like the, the the allegory of the the masters and the slaves, and it's like we're gonna come in here, and it's like since you didn't like the last master, we're gonna bring in a new one, you know, and this one is just gonna point it right at your head and just follow you yeah. as he goes. That, and does he? It's kill, a whole. Is it the gun that kills yeah. Bubba? Is that how Bubba? Like, yes. He gets yep. By the machine. Kills Bubba. It kills Wanda. It kills a bunch of people inside the diner. <laughs> yep. You can't. We me. She's like doing her whole body, like her whole body, like heaving, yelling. Yes. Like, yep. Oh my god! I can just imagine Stephen King just saying, telling her, like, no, 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 keep going. More, more, more. <laughs> yeah, and then just going. I've been drinking yeah. way too much than I thought I would tonight, guys. <laughs> oh, I think you'll make it. Uh, I want some cocaine. Uh, cocaine bear. Uh, yes. Recently, <laughs> I was thinking, I was like imagining uh, that uh, it's like Cocaine Bear, where they have the set of the movie cocaine and a drug play. And then just ate it because I didn't know any better. Satchels of cocaine everywhere. I and think, then, yes. And then Stephen King was just wandering around the set, and he stumbles across one, and then, like the Cocaine yeah. Bear, he just kind of immediately mm-hmm. does the whole thing, and then that's how this all happened, basically. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. Except in this instance, the cocaine bear is a tall gentleman in a very thin black tie, which was like that. <laughs> would show us what the set every other day. That's really up with a silver platter zombie. Mr. King. I mean, more than <laughs> yes. not, it's that probably was the a guy in like you know, yes. way too yes. much denim. Well, I... <laughs> well, possibly. In a pinto. Possibly, he was like cruising the truck stop, and like he was. I think he was. He was. He was st- well, no, I think he was like mm. Stephen King's like truck stop. Did you want like, cocaine, cocaine or sex or both? That's what he was, and he just like like Mr. King, Mr. King. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he just said yes, say yes and just eggs. went. That's what I think he did. Is he just said yes? I'm no Nancy Reagan. Uh, damn right. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so the, I have to point out to you that we've reached. The the runtime of the movie. So. That's always my fault. I'm sorry. That's, oh, that's okay. it, it happens. Uh, it just happens when I show up. I just, so I'll stop showing up. <laughs> maybe like my issue with the movie, and probably the part we can skate over the most to the end, uh, because this is kind of the point of the movie where now, I was like, now you're like, what, what are you doing, are you King? Doing, Stephen King, you. Stephen King, you are a master storyteller. You've written a million books and stories and movies. How the fuck (laughs) did you think that having the entire third act of the movie be filling up trucks with gas would be an exciting conclusion to this movie? Well, it's not, even a little bit. It's not, but I think it is also going back to the, the slaves and the masters thing, I, I think it's it, it actually is very, very, very paramount like to finishing off a story. It's like, okay, we're going to give you what you want. Just so you know, in the background, we're plotting against you. 
you know, as we're giving you what you want. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I think honestly, I'm, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. I, I, I've read everything he's ever written. I've watched everything that's ever been made for his. This is, this is a kernel of his stories. It always is where we're going to give the masters what they want, but oh. in the background, we're going to be plotted against them. It, yeah. it, it almost kind of always happens. And, and I actually don't think like the, these scenes in the movies where people are filling up gas and they're getting tired doing whatever else. And then the, you know, Hey, we're out. And then the big fueling truck comes in and refuels the gas station. <laughs> I, it, it's, it's almost a, like, yeah. like a continuance of the suffering. And yeah, that's what I like. Movie. Yeah. And that's what I dig about it. It's like, we're, we're out. You guys can go. Oh no, wait, no, you can't. Sorry. We got a plan for that. I, I love that part. I, I feel like the justification, like when we talk about it here, the justifications make sense, but we're literally talking about like 10 to 15 minutes of the movie of literally putting gas in trucks where it's just like, okay, you know, I, that message is definitely there and you can see what he's doing with the story, but it's just like, mm-hmm. The way this movie is structured, where it just starts off right from the very beginning. Explosions. Cool. There's action. There's interesting things happening. The pace is moving at a fast pace. It, this movie, it's just like, this movie goes so strong for its first, you know, three quarters that when we hit this point, it's just like, oh, man. Like, I was at least just kind of like, oh, God. Like, it feels like the the pacing of the movie just kind of drops off at this point a bit. At least until we get to the very you know more to the no, and I and I think you're right, but it's like it's almost like like a bit of a nihilistic stalemate mm-hmm. where it's like sure. you you need us, we need you. Um, but, uh, <laughs> well, well, kind of yeah, basically. But they're they're brewing up this plan in the background, but they know that they have to do this thing in order to be given the time to brew up their plan because they're still making their plan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, to me, it makes total sense that it's like, if we do nothing, we, we go back to that, you know, mm. what's saying that this guy couldn't come in here and, and, and just call in a truck full of napalm and yeah. hold this place down? Now we're just all dead. And now, yeah, it would make all the al- the alien trucks dead, too, but then the humans would go away. And I think as people, we tend to gravitate towards the humanistic side of things. And we want to like keep our characters going. Right. So this is like the scene that they had to have where it's like, we're going to give you what you want. But by the way, in the basement, yeah. we're going, I mean, like I got to agree with just it, like, like, okay, on the, one, Let's on the go. one hand, you know? John, you're saying like this, this scene was way too long. And incidentally, I think this is when the movie started losing Joe. Because at one point, like, Joe's fucking weed buzz, like, wore off. And then he wasn't liking it so much. He was a little upset. And then I had to remind him, like, hey, you don't have to stay here. You can go into another room of the fucking apartment. But (laughs) what I'm saying, too, is that uh, I think that uh, the scene was logical. And then when you mix that logic of having the scene in there where you have to refill the truck so they continue being a fucking terror... And then you 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 uh, marry that with the fact that if you're gonna have this scene, it has to be a certain length. Like it's that's the part where that it didn't work out too much. Where I think the length was appropriate for a new scene in the movie, but the fact that we were just watching people pump gas, it was just like, okay, 
I get it. So, uh, so maybe that's where the disconnect happens, where I feel like the scene was necessary in order for people not to be like, hey, man, when they run out of fucking gas. And then also kind of a little too much when you think about the fact that, yeah, we just watch people pumping gas for like five minutes. I was kind of thinking it might have been in terms of like moving things around a bit. It would have been, I felt like we should have gotten the scenes where they use the bazooka to blow up trucks and then they find the hidden weapons under the thing. I felt like that should have been pushed oh. further to the back of the movie okay. where that's more like the exciting conclusion. You know, it's like, like, oh, we found I the owner's hidden okay. weapons. Like, he never mentioned them. We didn't know they were here. Kind Have of that sort of, like, like, you know, the timeline not mixing in with the with the refueling, but more like a, hey, now we've turned to leave. We found a plan. We're moving forward with it. Let's stay on that. Rather than, like, let's spend time on how we're going to distract the trucks from knowing that we're doing the show. No, I think you're right. And I think, yeah. like... But I, I, mean, I want to support I what mean, you're I'm saying, particularly because I saw, but like, the reaction, so... you know, from from Joe when he was watching the movie where, like, it fucking lost him. And I was like, damn it! Damn it! <laughs> I just feel like it made sense in terms of the story and what he was trying to do. But just the pacing, the way that the whole pacing is leading up to everything, to this part, just felt so, like, oh, my God, what... Like, it almost felt like we were changing into a different story. The tone and the feel changed so much at that point, you know? And this is an hour and 38-minute movie. I feel like you could definitely cut out, you know... You know what, John? People could say the same thing about a podcast. Pep that last (laughs) bit up a little Well, and and to be perfectly honest here, I think this is the point in the movie where they start talking about the true dichotomy, and and moreover, they start talking about like uh, there's a certain level of fear, right? So we have people whose machines that they rely on every day to do these things that they expect them to do have turned on them. So it, it to me, it honestly goes back to the slave, the master, and who's the slave and who's the master, um, and when you get into a place where you are all of a sudden bending to the will of a machine that you rely on all the time, it's a place that fucks you up and it fucks you up royally. Right. And, and you don't exactly know what to do. But I think also as a human, it, you get to a place where you are like, I see what's happening. I'm kind of afraid of it, but I'm also going to be plotting in the background. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what they do. Yeah. So like, I think most people that I've seen think the gas station filling scene is way too long and it, it just kind of goes on forever. For me, it's more of like the equalizer scene where it's like, yes, I'm doing this and I'm going to run myself ragged and do whatever else. But I know because now that I've like, I've equalized, I know that you have to have this gas and you're going to do whatever it takes to get there. But I know that in the background, I can be making plans and you have no idea what I'm doing. And I can get to a place where I have, got my troops together. The team is all on the same page. We have the weapons that we need. We're going to be, we have a huge arsenal to deal with and we're going to come out on top and we're going to fuck you up. Mm. And that is like, to me, the building of that, like the, just being knowing, or at least thinking that you can be triumphant in that 
is huge in this scene for me. They're just like, yeah. and finally they're like, we're going to go through the sewer pipe. We're going to get out and we're going to just be, and then we're going to watch the destruction of the Dixie boy. And the destruction of the Dixie boy is so awesome. Like to think that they built this entire truck stop on the side of the road somewhere in North Carolina, just so like, just to blow the motherfucker up. It's so beautiful. You know, I think just to kind of go with what you were saying though, about the, uh, the trucks and, and, and all of that, the, uh, I think that that the filling part and the end section is where King is also trying to really make that point of like, you know, we create all this technology to serve us, but then, you know, it's that classic kind of idea of, but we end yeah. up serving the machines. Yes. And he's kind of yes. making that point of like, now yes. you know, they've, you know, something that was created to be a tool for us is now we're we're the ones serving it, and it's slave and master, slave and master, John. Yep, slave and master. Yep. And, and King's also been open about the fact that he has kind of a fear of technology and powers uh, in general. Too. Well, put it put it in the simple put it in the simplest terms. You see this? Are you the master or are you the slave? There you go. So. And so then they start to enact their plan and, and they get all the weapons together and they're going to break out, as you mentioned, of the get out of the truck really stop like and blow the truck stop like, up behind them. I, I mean, I enjoyed that, like, you know, that uh, very, uh, the, the introduction of the of the drainage pipe and then how it ended up being like the key fucking escape for everybody. That was nice and subtle. Yep. It wasn't like, you know, too much, too hard of a setup, which is great. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'd like well, to it was... know what it was, but, uh, or no, I, I do kind of know what it was, but uh, the way that all the characters, you know, armed up and had their weapons and everything, uh, and how, you know, it's like the married couple and it's all the various characters, reminded me so strongly of uh, the end of. Uh, Planet Terror, one of my favorite current modern horror movies, the Robert Rodriguez movie. But you know how yep. at the end of Planet Terror, when all the various characters are like the babysitters and the uh, and everyone, and they've yep. all got their assault rifles and everything, and then they go off into the desert of Mexico. Like it felt so much yes. that, that I was almost like, was Robert Rodriguez referring to this movie, maybe? <laughs> Oh, there's another one, though. There's another one, though. If you think about the sewer pipe, what Shawshank? other movie have you seen where a character escaped through a sewer pipe? Yes, exactly. This whole thing, this, this whole thing, exactly, Stephen King's story, to me, as a avid fan, <laughs> was a precursor to that. You know, definitely only one character getting out, doing whatever else. Um but again, another character escaping a system where they're being held down. They're they're not there for any reason that they can discern. You know, they're just they're there because the system said that they're supposed to be there. Um, but you have to again crawl through a river or shit and come out clean on the other side. Which, and that's what all the characters in this did. And which they literally do. I love that scene when uh, when Emilio and the husband are sneaking through the tunnels earlier. 
the husband says, I wonder how many people have peed in this. Yeah. Yeah. Right then Emilio slips and flashes in yeah. his mouth. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yep. right. That's, yep. like, and then, that's right. Almost like a that's the over that's the over voice that Morgan Freeman uh, Yes it is. Yes it is. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yep. I bet he like he wrote it for that Overdrive, and then he was like, "That, that can be such a more meaningful King, like scene." Yeah. It also blows my mind how Stephen King can go from like writing a piece of candy to then writing like a full on fucking Thanksgiving dinner when it comes to like movies. Like the, you know, I'm basically comparing like you know Overdrive mm, to like, a piece of candy, and correct. then of course like the incredible movie that is like Shawshank Redemption. I mean, it's it's the same writer, and it's. It's amazing, you know, like he can, he can, he can write you something to like, you know, have fun over. And then he can write something like, you know, to cry and well, examine but, your life over. <laughs> well, but that's the beauty of his brain though. I mean, and he is, I mean, at this point, uh, Stephen King is almost celestial, right? I mean, in the things that he writes and mm-hmm. between the original story of Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption and the, the original story that was called Trucks. That was this original story. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are so many similarities. And, and and yeah, I get it. One is about space aliens possibly taking over, you know, trucks and forcing people into a place that they have to escape. And the other one is about a guy who just happens to be yeah. a little bit of a kind of a hard ass and not super friendly, but gets himself in a, into a position where he has to spend years in a prison and eventually escape. I mean, if you look at Stephen King's stories, I, most of them are about people either escaping something yeah. or about learning who they are and building a better world. And that's most of his stories, you know, and this one, there I, are so many this, uh, interesting little anecdote about Stephen King, which I think is true, but probably isn't um, that uh, in early in his career, he had to go like to a library to write his stories and they would have these typewriters that you had to deposit like a nickel into or a dime into. And for a dime, you'd get an hour. And so he was on a timetable and like him and his lady like yes. didn't have a lot of money. Yep. He's still trying to like, yep. you know, do the writing thing. And so every fucking dime like was very important. So he would just fucking write. And so that was a, a great motivator for him to just whether it was good or bad, it was getting typed up and he had to use every fucking minute that he had. And I don't know. I think it's just a wonderful story of like the, the amount of, um, the amount of, uh, str- uh, talent that it takes to be Stephen King and the amount of, uh, work that it takes to be Stephen King. And, and, you know, like him growing over the years, I think is like sort of, you know, mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. Well, I mean, tenacity, really. When you when it, when it boils down, you just keep going. Because, I mean, he, he has had more than one manuscript that he put in a drawer for a decade or more and then pull out till later and turned out into something awesome, you know. Um, Carrie got shelved a bunch of times. The Dark Half got shelved a bunch of times. I, I, when it comes to writing, and this is something that I've always been in awe of of him, um, for me personally – how yeah, his absolutely. characters are, for me, so personable and so likable, yeah. but also often so hateable, too. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, as as a writer, how you do that, how you, like, make me swing around so hard. Um, but 
you know, with this movie, it's, and especially because he had a finger on every single little piece of it. um, The weirdest thing to me about this, this movie is that his bad guys are all trucks or cars or ice cream trucks or airplanes. Human bad guy, yeah. Oh, we're well, that's really the that. only human bad guy. That's that's the cool. Well, okay, but Stephen Stephen King, if you read his stories, he does not like religion. Yeah, yeah. So, so if he has an opportunity to smash religion, he will do it. Um, and I'm sure there's some reason. I, I I don't I don't know. I mean, I I was lucky enough once to sit down oh, awesome. and listen to a discussion um, with Stephen King, like in person. And, and he tells these stories and he told this story about growing up and how his mother would come in always chewing gum. She'd always be chewing gum. And she would take the gum off and she would put it on his bedpost oh. when she put him to bed. <laughs> and then in the morning, she would pick it back up and keep chewing it. Oh, my God. Well, one morning, because they had the windows open, there was a moth stuck in the gum. And she put it in her mouth and just kept chewing it. <laughs> and apparently that is a oh. big impetus about how he writes horror. Like shit just happens. It yeah. just happens and you have to adapt. And uh, like this movie, honestly, for me is. Well, he does such uh, a it, wonderful it job of like perfectly. creating just a really rich and you have backstory to adapt, and personality you know? for and, all of his characters, even though they're not doing much. I mean, all of us here have seen really shitty movies that can be a, a similar setup and the characters don't mean anything to you. And uh, they're just super attractive actors in, in these roles. And you're like, I don't give a fuck. You can go ahead and die. But um but that's the beauty of uh, of Stephen King is like mm-hmm. he he has so much humanity in his writing that even this crazy fucking setup works so well. And then of course that humanity yeah. that he yeah. puts into yeah. his like more like highbrow shit is just perfect. So yeah, he's great. Mm-hmm. Well, he makes he he makes characters that you love. Yes. He gives them to your point humanity, um, and he makes you care about their next step. You know, so like, like towards the end of this movie, one of the, one of the great, the great uh, scenes that I love is when they are, they've after, they've snuck out of the pipe, they're moving on and they come to the diner and they're at the diner and um, Deke um, has his gun. This is the whole point you talked about, like everyone's arming up and that drive up sort of window starts going, it starts freaking on, just starts going humans here, humans Mm -hmm. here. Like as... Exactly, the betrayal of the burger. I, I like that. And he but he get he gets his payback. You know, he, he gets it. But then he also understands that like, okay, I've got my payback, so he hands off his gun because he doesn't need it anymore. You know, like he's gotten his you know, he, he he's fulfilled his revenge piece of it. And that's another thing that I think Stephen King does really well with his characters is that he he takes people to a place where once they've fulfilled their revenge piece they don't have to do it anymore. And whether the characters are for five minutes or five hours in a story, it doesn't matter. They they all follow that and they get to be very human and they get to put that anger yeah. away and just be like, okay, you know, now was, I'm on you know, to just when, At one point during this, you thing. went to get a drink and, and I, John and I've and I always loved talking that. and I was talking about how I really liked how in this movie, um, 
you know, uh, he, he puts all these different characters with different backgrounds, some a little darker than others. And in the, in the case of Emilio Estevez, he is a, a kid who, you know, made a big mistake and now has a strike and now is in the situation. But uh, in this life or death situation, he gets, to, he gets to figure out what kind of a person he is. And he gets to figure out that he's a hero. And that all of us, you know, first of all, we're, we would be most lucky if we, never fig- if we never get ourselves in that situation and have to find out. But if we have to find out, we all hope we would be heroes but it's also true that a lot of us might be curled up in the corner crying or throwing humanity under the bus. You know, <laughs> like not all of us are heroes. And and I, and I was telling John, I got, I hope I am. But, uh, you know, in, in yeah. all of his, um, in all of his stories, you know, you have people that find their, themselves in different positions. Right. So he, he, he has the heroes and then he has the betrayers of humanity. And, uh, but, but the hero, but but he always highlights the hero, of course, and um, I don't know. Like it, it, it's you want to be. You watch his movies and you watch or you read his stories and you want to be the hero. And and that's a that's a very sweet thing about Stephen King. Also, I really like like how on his either Instagram or Twitter, he's got two corgis and he names them Thing Evil Thing One or Thing of Evil One and Thing of Evil Two or Evil Thing Two. Fucking adorable, fucking adorable. Who doesn't love a corgi? Yep. Not this bitch. Yep. This bitch loves corgis. And just wanted to make a quick note that Steve. Oh, yeah, he said that. Like I mentioned before, has said he has a fear of cars specifically. And Christine. We'll also be doing. He has uh, his other movie, Christine, which will be doing, which is another car movie. But also, I just wanted to point out, though, bringing that up, that. Uh, Ultimately, what? in the early 2000s, Stephen yeah. King was hit by a car and almost killed. Yes, so maybe his yep. fear of cars was justified. Yeah, he yeah. he literally, what? I think he did die and then came back and and then had to do a yep. Holy shit, no wonder. Yeah, not too far from his house. Yep, he was run over by a car. And then yep. Started writing. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so he may have had a justified fear of cars his whole life. Some well, kind of he's, well, I mean, he, ultimately, he is he's probably uh, living right now. He's probably one of the most existential human beings that is alive right now. Um, but he takes advantage of and does not necessarily judge or put into a column the things that he feels and the things that he experiences. Um, he just puts them into story, which I think is like what a lot of people don't do now, people just react now. They just react. They don't bother to take it in. Um, and I'm going to say it again. I love Stephen King. I love, I, I love all of his stories. I mean, and everything I'm going all the way back to like carry in the dead zone all the way up until like now, like if it bleeds and the more, the more current stuff, um, he's a hell of a story, a hell of a storyteller. He's a hell of a writer. Um, but I also think he's a hell of a humanist. I really think he is. Mm. Um, and he keeps one of the things I think that a lot of his stories do <clears throat> is he keeps people honest because that's what he does. And it's one of the things I've always loved about him is that if you are a bad guy, if you have a bad moral compass, you're probably going to follow your bad moral compass. If you have a good moral compass, if you, even if you've done some shit wrong, if you have a good moral compass, you're going to follow your good moral compass. 
Mm. And that's such a foundation of what he writes. And I think in this story that we're talking about maximum overdrive with our, our lead character, our lead hero, Billy, I think Billy foundationally has a good moral compass. He just made some mistakes, you know? Um, I think the one thing that Stephen King never really does, at least in his personal life or whatever else is, what do you do with the bad guy? You know, and in his stories, the bad guys always meet a terrible fate, right? But I don't think he ever talks about like what 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 do we actually do as a society with our bad guys? In in his stories, the bad guys generally get their comeuppance. Like mm-hmm. I can't think of a single Stephen King story. I I think of the things that I'm listening to lately, and I'm thinking of the Hodges trilogy. I'm thinking of like I listened to Under the Dome recently. The bad guys always get the comeuppance, but there's always a price to pay, and the weird part to me is the price to pay is usually our general civilized society pays the higher price. And that's the part where I'm always just, I always struggle. It's like our friends die and some of our beloved main characters die, but we get there in the end. But I mean, and and maybe that's just the calculator or the scale at the end where just, that's just what has to happen for us to keep going. But it's, he's, Again, hell of a storyteller. I love him. I, I, I've said it more times than I care to even count. But one of the things I do like about this, though, is that the good, all the good characters that you like uh, live in this movie, which is good. I like that. I'm a fan. Like, I'm not a fan of killing characters just for drama, which I know is like a thing that's obviously yeah. done in movies, any any mm-hmm. movie or any story. But I want, like, characters who die for there to kind of be a reason, not necessarily how they act, but I want it to be a reason. One of my pet peeves with a lot of stories is where there will be a likable character. Like, you yeah. could kill there perfectly. The guy who has a face like a gummy uh, bear. Why would the you detective kill him? who was standing on top of the gazebo. Yeah. There was no reason to kill that character. They only killed him for the dramatic purpose, you know, just to be like, oh, no, he died, but there was no good reason, and he was a likable character. I wanted him to live, and I like this movie does yeah. that, where it's like, all the characters that you really like don't die. <laughs> well, and that's been that's been part of his evolution, though, because if you look at his earlier stories, like, I'll, I'll go all the way back to, like, Carrie, okay? Oh, like, yeah, in she the, In the movie Carrie, in, in the story Carrie, the gym teacher who is just trying to well she's just trying to get through though but she she fundamentally does what is right um but she gets caught up in the action she dies you know i mean and most of the people in that whole situation and most of the people in that whole Not those in that bitches whole in the shower were they all deserve foundationally it. innocent but they still all died mm-hmm. you know and uh, uh <laughs> most of them yeah in a darker, heavier it story, it's, it's, I'm more okay with it. But in lighter yeah. stories like okay. this, where yep. it's more just we're all having fun, then it's like you want – I like to see the the heroes survive in story, in movies like this. You know, because this is all just like – he is making a message and there is that aspect to the movie, but this is all a good time basically. You know, it's a this is a movie where you're just like having fun – and, and just to quickly point out too, because we're you know they blow up the thing and we're basically at the end. 
the blow up the truck stop. But I do didn't really talk a whole lot about the music, which of course is mostly done by ACDC. And they, it's all uh, done by ACDC. Every song is ACDC. Mm-hmm. Every single one. Well, I, th- I there was a few little things like there were some like little incidental music parts that I was like, is this AC? Did they record this? There's like a few yes. parts the whole thing like is baseline playing by itself kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, the whole they thing are, is ACDC. Of course, um, who Made Who is an original song written for the movie. Correct. They played some yep. hits. They played uh, For Those About yep. the Rock. And, uh, yep, they wrote three songs for this movie. It's they really wrote cool. three songs for this movie and then pulled songs from other albums to make the soundtrack. But mm-hmm. it's all ACDC. Yep. And it helps a lot because there's a scene in the tunnel, in some of the tunnel stuff, I think it's the one where they first find the tunnel. There's some kind of like mundane stuff happening on the screen where they're just kind of like opening the tunnel and dealing with some stuff. And they're playing ACDC in the, uh, yep. on the score. And I was thinking, this if you didn't have ACDC playing, this scene would be kind of boring. But the fact that they're playing oh, ACDC yeah. Yeah. makes it instantly much more enjoyable. Oh, there's definitely some like something happens, and then someone goes, bam, 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 bam. and it's like, oh, and it, it it definitely conveys the tone of the movie, like the tone of the music conveys the tone of the mu- of the movie as they're going scene by scene. Yeah, no, it's it's it, honestly for me as honestly a lifelong ACDC fan, but then you know a, a lifelong Stephen King fan. This is one of those things where that's like they cross paths. I mean, it was like the Ghostbusters crossing the streams theme. <laughs> And I loved every second of it. Just even, you know, a little bit of drums, you know, a little bit of guitar. Mm-hmm. Just even sometimes where they're just like, bam, and it's yeah, like it, no score, no orchestral music or score. Nope. In nope. the movie, it's just all uh, AC. It's all chunks. It's all. It's yeah. either a full song. It's a minute. It could be three seconds. It could be a minute. It could be two minutes. They go through the whole thing, and, and they kind of honestly give it away at the bridge or at the the, mm-hmm. the cantilever bridge scene at the scene at the front of the movie where they're you know the ACDC van pops up, and it's like we talk about marketing and product placement. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like ACDC here we. I mean, like right at the front, and it was like, well, we front loaded that, so let's just keep going, and they did it. Yeah, it was awesome. I remember it, it, when the movie came out, a big part of the marketing was that MTV was playing the video yes. for the song, and, and it was all tied in with that. And the song became a big hit, too, at the time. Oh, for Who Made Who. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, Who yep. Made Who. Yep. So, yeah. Very yeah. quickly say, they so get yeah, away. So we're kind of, Emilio Estevez had a plan to go get a sailing so ship with not are, a motor, yeah. although they had a motor. And then they make it to the water. One guy loses, like loses, because he went back yeah. to get something no valuable mm-hmm. from a, a uh, from a dead person. Gets killed by the car with the face on it. But Emilio okay. had one less bazooka shot. Kills him. Gets on the boat, and everybody sails away to a happy ending. Yep. And the guy who died, you couldn't even remember who it was. It was like, who was that? Who the fuck was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was the last of our. Brad. That was okay. Was well, that Brad. was that was Brad. Um, so some of us can, yeah, okay. But but that was the he went back. That for was the a, last the last of the moral compass said. shots. That's what it was. It was the last of the moral compass, like a diamond ring, a big ass diamond ring, and 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 he paid for it. So, yeah. but then everyone else that gets on the boat and just goes out, it's almost like we're resetting now. 
we're resetting and we're just and going out. Get to the and end, like, I'm back get to, to the, the water end now. It's like There's the survivors so of the Dixie tonight, Boy. I wasn't expecting are still to. Survivors, you know, cat's asshole. It was your oh. cat's. I'm gonna blame it on your cat's I'm, asshole because otherwise I would have just had cat's tea asshole. Sorry. And so this isn't even really a uh, uh, an apocalypse movie because you know as we know the comet not only will the comet pass by eventually Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. you know at first we're wondering if it's the comet I mean it's obvious it's the comet but then at the end we get a little bit of text again where they tell us that a UFO was shot by the Russians. Yeah, the comet's tail from a Russian satellite, a, a, a Russian weather satellite. A what? Weather satellite oh, yeah. that was armed with nuclear weapons. Yep. The, and a and a class four laser cannon, as I recall. Yeah. Like okay. Yeah. But I think, but that also for the for the early eighties and for the end of the Cold War, all of that makes sense too. Yeah, like, that's really a very, so it's like uh, yeah, like mm. jokey. That I mean, just yeah, just like come on, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we were all there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's and it's uh, I, I, you know, Happy. this movie. It's, I don't know if Stephen King put those texts at the beginning and ending of the movie. But you don't, I feel like you don't really need it. Like, we don't need to necessarily know that it's like they can show the comet tail and we can infer that this is all this craziness is happening because of this weird comet situation. We don't um, have to infer like shit. The, you know, like, there like, was okay, text at the beginning, there was dialogue like, in the middle. You know, like, it's just they, they really hammered it in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I no, I think you're, I, I think you're both right, but I also think that it, it's it, the whole movie is ultimately a bit of a fairy tale, and it gives you that the, the both the end and the beginning are, or the beginning and the end are like a little bit of a Shrek sort of thing, mm-hmm. where it's like you get the, and someone is just writing with a, you know, with an with an ink and a, like the pen with a quill on it, and then mm-hmm. stopping occasionally to go, and then then they keep writing. You know, I mean, but that that's kind of what it was. It was like the opening and the closing of a fairy tale. And that's that's kind of, you know, not the old leather-bound book that we're used to, but I think that's what it was. It yeah. even confirms, it even adds a line. That's right. They can, they can be text, And then survived. it adds a line at the end confirming that everybody lived. It says yes. the survivors are still. Yeah. Yep. Yep, the survivors of the Dixie Boy are still survivors. And it's not an apocalypse but, because, you know, once the comet, once the UFO is destroyed and the comet tail goes by, then everything reverts back to normal. So that every... The, except for all the dead people. Except for all the dead people. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but a yeah. A lot of people yeah. died of <laughs> destruction, but, you know. And it, it does also, you know, it just occurs to me too, you know. The they didn't have to attach it to a comet to make it effective. And then launched a bunch of missiles as well but you know well we won't nitpick but well but that's the that's the hard part of the argument though because if they if the aliens had to manifest manifest themselves in a piece of machinery if they had launched all the nukes none of the machinery would work well also so guess, what what would they have to they want yeah, us because we have trees over the they want to keep them yeah they probably want things somewhat intact they want our floor well, yeah they just they want to well, that's the, the that's the big up. piece of it, though. They never tell you. They never tell you why the aliens want our planet. They never tell you that. 
No, yeah, of course. Well, it There's... could be the lot lizards too. I don't know. They, but they never tell us. So that's the whole thing. They never it's tell just... us. And that's what keeps it fun. Yeah, it's it's the the typical alien invasion. You know, they, they just want the planet. Mm -hmm. They want it. Mm -hmm. It's alien invasion. Mars. All right, guys. Uh, I have a very you know, full bladder. Well, you know, let's wrap uh, it up. <laughs> or the worlds, kind of thing. Yeah, we'll wrap. Yeah. We're at two I'm surprised. Hours, I mean, like it's here. it's such a straightforward so, movie, but it is so fun. It has great casting and. Uh, you know, a, a little bit of the criticism was like it gets a little soft in the end and loses a couple of like, you know, because, you know, it starts off with so much adrenaline and then it kind of end, you know, that peters off a little bit. But all in all, really fun, great movie. Mm -hmm. and yeah, and I think I think it feels like yeah. an apocalypse. Yeah, movie where so, oh, I like that. I like a lot of adrenaline, but then the you start selling into a rhythm of really just great. surviving. And I, I, I think it for. Yeah, for me, it reads. It, yeah. Yep. Yep, it reads perfectly. And surviving is not going to be adrenaline all the time. It's just going to be surviving. Yeah. Finding something to eat or going to the next building is not going to necessarily be adrenaline. It's just going to be like the next thing you got to do. So the the vibe for me totally flows. If this was a Stephen, if this was like a novel, a Stephen King novel, that section, that surviving section at the end would have been a huge section of the book where the character there was like all kinds of in depth. 700 pages. Yes, you're right. It would have been 700 pages. What do we have next week? Yep. But yeah. No. And so I guess is it? Next... I thought Duel was like at the end. Are we sure? I think we're doing Duel is what it looks like here. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Uh, okay. I think so doing Duel next week, which I've never seen. Very excited. Christine. A yep. Handle with Scare has a YouTube and a Twitter and a... Podcast, you can go to their podcast. Oh, yeah, that's going to be good. And I believe that's it. A Discord. And of course, a Discord podcast for, for chat. For chat. Yeah. Go to the Discord. Discord's the Discord's starting to liven up. Go to the Discord. Yeah, mm -hmm. just if you, if you want to see what's so coming nice up next, go to the Discord. Because really that will always tell you what's going to be really tea, on the I'm next sure. Twitch Tuesday. I, I miss there's a there's a channel in there for T. If you're watching this while you're editing and posting, because you do all the work. Thank you so much for doing all the work, no. and I hope everything turned out okay today. And he'll be here next week. <laughs> all right, well, mm -hmm. thanks, everyone. Any last words, or are we we're ready to go to the bathroom? Agreed. Just watch right, Maximum Overdrive. Good night. Good night, it's a, zombie. It's a hell of a fucking ride. Yep. Good night, John. <laughs> You're supposed to say good night, Holly, and then we're... All right, good night, guys. Thanks for having me again. Appreciate it. Good night.